Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a special mini-series just for you. We're going through the entire first season of King of the Hill, and you can only hear it if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. We're giving the Talking Simpsons treatment to all 13 episodes of King of the Hill's first season, and if you want a free sample, you'll find the first episode available for free in the Talking Simpsons feed. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's the only place you'll find the first season of Talk King of the Hill. Made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy, hoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, now with 30% more gunfights. I'm your host, one of the strangest people on Earth, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Henry Gilbert, and I like taffy, but I don't deserve taffy. <laughs> and who do we have on the line? I'm Matthew J, and help me, please, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. And today's episode is Homer Simpson in Kidney Trouble. Do we have to listen to you? Oh, well, no. Oh, you don't, but if you have any interest in history... I'm done. Today's episode aired on December 20th, 1998, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby! Star Wars Rogue Squadron comes to the Nintendo 64, A Bug's Life beats Psycho at the box office, and supermodel Naomi Campbell is charged with assault for throwing a cell phone at an assistant. Oh, that real firecracker. Yeah, we all remember that story of the throwing cell phone at an assistant. So many people have thrown phones at assistants that I think it just got lost in the shuffle. Didn't Russell Crowe, he threw a phone at someone? Oh yeah, I think so, yeah. The the bad luck is if they miss with the phone, because then you can't really charge them for it. Because if you're rich and famous, you're like, uh, I'm holding a weapon and I'm angry and no one around me is actually a person so here we go (laughs) and phones uh, in 1998 were easier to throw they were kind of football shaped almost if you you snap them shut right yeah yeah if it was a clamshell kind I mean I had one that was a brick in 1999 well when I say I had one I mean my family did and that was only because my dad worked at a cell phone company Uh, and yeah that one if you threw it at somebody you really hurt him for sure uh, and man, Bugs Life, uh, starring Dave Foley and Redacted. Uh, oh no! Well, he did play the villain. I like how whenever he plays the villain, uh, he's died in so many movies. Yeah, you can. So I think we've said that before on this show, but you can watch Kevin Spacey movies if he's murdered in them. Yeah, he gets eaten in that one, I believe, by a, by a bird at the end of it. Yes, oh, by a yeah. horrifying, realistically rendered bird. Yeah, I do like that movie a lot. And now it's been wiped off the face of the like Bugs Life Land. Finally got. Uh, demolished and is getting turned into the Avengers world of Ca- California Adventure. A California Adventure? Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't even notice it was there. I was there uh, like in December. I actually walked around it to go there. Like huh. they, they might have had the uh, honestly the walls up already when you were there in yeah, December. Yeah, I think so. They were, they were executing the bugs <laughs> behind that wall. Oh, the future train was fun. It was a nice little little sit down, have a breather ride, and I'm going to miss it. Uh, that was the baby coaster on it? or uh... Yeah, I think so. Not even a coaster. It was just uh, like a little train that just went in a big circle and you looked at like giant candy and flowers and it was oh, and you listened nice. to uh the dear departed joe ramp voice uh talk to us heimlich oh that's right he's the german ca- 
Caterpillar. I forgot yeah. that. Yeah. And I remember the Randy Newman song for that movie. Do you remember the song? It's uh, like, here's a bug. Here's a bug. And that's all I remember. This. And like, yeah, I, I just listened to it because I wanted to. Uh, it's actually playing as a bed underneath this uh, oh, right God. now. But Is he going to overpower us with his no, uh, throaty I, warbling? I try to make it quiet, but. When I looked it up, I was like, I don't remember this song at all. And it's already left my brain because well, all Randy Newman songs kind of sound the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only, the only ones I like are the ones in the first Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Well, and they were smart to redo You Got a Friend in Me over and over again each movie. Like, mm-hmm. Toy Story 4 just has another version of it. And if it. you play Kingdom Hearts 3, you hear that on a loop for about uh, uh. 80 minutes <laughs> in that level. <laughs> Did anybody watch the shot-for-shot remake of Psycho? No. No. It is famously brought Anytime somebody says, I'm going to make a shot-for-shot remake of something, they are making fun of Gus Van Zandt. He did directed the Oscar-winning Goodwill Hunting, and he's like, what's your next movie? A shot-for-shot remake of Psycho. I'm huge, baby. <laughs> Except in this one, the sexual subtext will be more above the level. Yeah, it's like when I saw the classic movie, I was like, I need to see this guy jerking off. It's not enough <laughs> that it's implied. Uh, and and it's Vaughn, so it's it, it just that makes it worse. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, and yes, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, that was uh, a pretty good N64 game. My memories of playing it have been erased by playing the much better Rogue Leader that was the GameCube the launch GameCube game. The GameCube one, very yeah. pretty, yeah. Yeah, the uh, Rogue Squadron was one of the first uh, major N64 games that it didn't need the RAM expansion pack, but it was much better with the RAM expansion pack. It's a real shame that company crashed and burned with the uh, Brown Dragon game for PS3. Oh, yes, Lair. Built yeah. around a uh, controller functionality that they soon wiped off the map because no one wanted to do it. Oh, yeah. The six-axis, you can tilt it. Yeah, boy, what a poor... What a sad that gravely injured them, and then what killed them was that they made a deal with Brash Entertainment to make a Superman Returns video game, and then Brash Entertainment was like, actually, we're just a Ponzi scheme. We're done. Like, we don't exist, and you have no money. Goodbye. I remember when Sony, for the PS3, the initial PS3 controllers did not have... So PlayStation 3, by the way, for our listeners who aren't gamers. Yeah. It didn't have the the DualShock Rumble in it because Sony didn't want to pay. There was some licensing thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, that was a last-generation feature, wasn't it? That's what they said. Yeah, it's like, you don't want that. (laughs) Now, if you ask me if my controller vibrated, I couldn't tell you. It's like, maybe it's... Does. I just I'm just so used to it. Like, do you even uh, notice when your controller vibrates anymore? Yeah, a friend of the show, Matt McMuscles, did a really good w- breakdown of what happened with Lair and how that destroyed the uh, the Rogue Squadron developers. It's a worthwhile video to watch. But uh, hey, Matt J, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this episode because it scarred me as a child. This mm. this episode uh, scared me, and I I think about it a lot particularly every time I have to hold in my pee. Every movie I see, I think about this movie. <laughs> I uh, I think it haunted me, too, even though I was a little bit older than you, Matthew, just seeing the exploded kidneys. They're pretty mm-hmm. bad. The Yeah, well, and as Marvel movies get longer and longer, you're going to be thinking about this uh, this episode all the time. <laughs> we need Marvel <laughs> yeah. Cinematic I, Universe I think Tactical. About this and the lady who held her Wii for a Wii and then oh. <laughs> went home and had headaches and then died. Yes. I always wonder what happened to those kids. 
Mm, boy, they, oh, geez, yeah. uh, they they got to be out of college by now. I mean, uh, ultimately, my main fear in life is to die in a really stupid way because that's all anyone will remember <laughs> of your life. Uh, <laughs> Those kids probably have a Switch now. They're probably doing fine. Man, do you think you, yeah, it's got to hurt to play a Nintendo system to know that like my yeah. mother died for this thing? They became Xbox, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, she died for the entertainment of people who still listen to the radio in 2006. Yeah. God. Uh, See, podcasts haven't killed anybody yet, have they? Uh, um, they've radicalized people, mm-hmm. I think. I guess, and so. then those people kill people. So, I guess. yes. And Matt, you've uh, you were just on our Megas XLR podcast, but uh, this is a uh, return for you here. And I, I think people should know upfront about your awesome Adult Swim podcast if they still aren't listening to it yet. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you guys were just on it to talk about uh, Home Movies season two. We, my buddy Steve Yurko and I, he's uh, oh the Emmy nominated Steve Yurko. Oh yeah, oh, that's so awesome. I like to say, yeah, he works on, uh, he did the storyboards for our Robot Chicken episode that is nominated for an Emmy. And Robot Chicken almost always wins the Emmy. So I think Steve's about to win an Emmy. Nice. But, uh, which, which I consider an Emmy for the podcast, really. Because he was <laughs> working on the podcast while working at Robot Chicken. So yeah, we're going through every show ever aired in Adult Swim. We're going in general airing order, but we're jumping around a lot because, you know, we have guests that come on that we really want to have on, but they're like, I didn't watch, you know, Penguins Behind Bars or whatever random weird <laughs> thing aired, but I did watch Eagleheart. So we had like Brad Evans come oh, on talk about Eagleheart. Cool. We had uh, Nathan Barnett come on and talk about the pilot he made for Adult Swim. It's a very fun show. We've had uh, cool guests on, like Bill Freiberger was on one of our Patreon shows. He's a guy who, when you look into his history, you're like, oh, he's worked on every major show I can think of for the last <laughs> 20 years. People like that. James Urbaniak was on uh, The Voice of Dr. Venture. Uh, it's a fun show. We're glad to be doing it. Uh, yeah, This. Uh, did you watch this episode live when it aired, Matt? I don't remember. I was nine when mm. this one aired, and I was watch. I was very much a fan of The Simpsons at the time, so I, I might have watched it live, but I definitely, around this era, I was watching the syndication a lot. At night, they would play, uh, in my area, I believe around this time, The Simpsons at 6 and 6.30, then Seinfeld at 7, and then The Simpsons at 7.30. So I would have like two hours of just watching syndicated Fox at night, but I definitely saw this one a lot in syndication. It's one of those seasons like 8, through 12 they just played again and again and again so even though those seasons aren't the best they're really drilled into my mind <laughs> i definitely saw it live i think i was getting ready to roll into christmas vacation mm-hmm. because uh this is their christmas episode uh, this yeah. episode packed full of cruelty <laughs> it's weird to see these ones with the dates around this because uh around this time of year because i thought they were doing more christmas episodes and now i think they just do a yearly christmas episode yeah i think next year's the funzo episode yeah yeah, yeah. that's when we get funzo uh, but I remember that uh, these were the years where I was really good digging into all TV Simpsons. I think I got on there around 1996, 1997. And uh, people online really hated this episode mm. a lot. <laughs> now, I will say in, in my memory of this episode, I remembered really hating it because of how Homer acts in it. I will say on this rewatch, uh, this clinical rewatch of it, there is some really funny stuff in it. I think there's yeah. some really good stuff in here, even though the story of it sells out Homer's character to such a degree that I find him impossible to like in this episode. But you have to remember that Abe deserves to be tortured. He is an awful, yeah, they, yeah, he's an yeah. awful person, <laughs> but in this episode, they try to make him just a sweet old man. <laughs> this, I forgot what happens at the very end, and I won't give it away here, we'll get to it, but it made me laugh uh, really, really hard. It was like really, really <laughs> blunt, uh, out of nowhere joke that uh, I was uh, cracking up over all over again. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, this is a John Swartzwelder script that comes from a George Meyer concept. So the John, the John Swartzwelder script, which is why the first act is in an old West town. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, and it's just insane. Like this is, uh, you know, when we talk about these, this the Scully era. Part of it is George Meyer getting away with the things that would have stayed in the writer's room before. So zanier shit happens that, uh, and also even more often cut through the treacle, as they say in brighter terms. Before we get to the first act, I want to ask you guys if you've ever seen uh, Pistol Pete, John Swartzwelder's pilot. God, I still haven't. It's on YouTube, and because the 90s, uh, the Simpsons writers had so many development deals and everyone was getting pilots, I think Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein did multiple pilots. I definitely want to ask them about those one day, Mm -hmm. although it is a weird question. Like, tell me about your failures, (laughs) things that didn't (laughs) air. What was that thing you worked really hard on that nobody ever gets to see legally? What what about that? I really want to know. But yeah, John Swartzwelder wrote a, a pilot called Pistol Pete, an old West show. And it's very bizarre because there are good jokes, but it feels like they don't really work well in a live action setting. It feels like he's writing Simpsons jokes in a live action setting for actors who don't really know what to do with them. (laughs) So the jokes are there, but it's just very awkward. But it's interesting to watch to see like what would a John Schwartzwelder run live action show look like? We got one of them for one episode and that's it. Uh, and about the title of this episode, according to Wikipedia, they say it's it's a direct reference to Roger Rabbit in Tummy Trouble. Absolutely not. I don't think so. No. I mean, the, the titling is just like a cartoon. So in that way, it's similar to Roger Rabbit. It's just like it feels Bugs like, Bunny in blank. It feels like a like a bad like Harvey tune or Hannah Rebera, like Yogi Bear in Pie Panic or whatever. Yeah. It's like they're giving a silly cartoon name to a very tragic and cruel episode. <laughs> I think that is the joke. I, I think so, too. But it is worth noting that Roger, if it is a reference that Roger Rabbit short, Bill Cop was one of the writers on it, and he's one of the original Simpsons That's animators. Eek the Cat uh, creator, Bill mm-hmm. Cop. Uh, but yeah, I don't think so either. But I, I mainly just wanted to bring up Bill Cop. This naming convention would be used again already in this season, like uh, for Marge Simpson and Screaming Yellow Hunters. Oh, yeah, that's right. And a reference to the like popcorn snack Screaming Yellow Zonkers. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Boy, I'm going to have to do a lot of Zonker research but when we get to that episode. Can't buy those anymore. <laughs> I remember uh, in that episode of Tiny... This is so weird. In the episode of Tiny Toons where uh, Plucky is uh, making a movie with Hampton, it's the mango drink episode. I love that And it joke. was all a bunch of 70s references and all the things he was bringing on his boat were 70s things and one of them was a box of screaming yellow zonkers oh right yeah, yeah that because it was it was con tiki but it was con ducky i don't know what con tiki is still uh, i'm sorry <laughs> uh, yeah and isn't he like dressed like one of the characters from dolomite i don't know if it's specifically that but he's got like the same hat and vest as uh yeah the guy i mean that, he's dressing uh, keegan michael key is playing in the new movie uh he's kind of uh he's that but he's also just like a wild and crazy guy yeah yeah and it was animated by tms i remember mm-hmm. from all the, the the cuts of things falling on him during the mango oh, juice scene God. those are all very well done tms stuff one of my <laughs> i you're gonna make me start laughing right now just remembering that but <laughs> oh god well the it's another full title sequence the episodes were really running short at this time in season 10 this is one of like four or five in a row that have the full like over a minute title sequence. They didn't go to the uh, the circus opening, so that at least no, shows you they're not that. That's an, that's an algae to micro special. It's like long <laughs> opening and then circus opening. We get twenty more seconds of not having to write a joke. <laughs> uh, twenty sweet seconds of not having to do our jobs. Um, I've never been to an old timey cowboy town. Have you guys ever? The closest has been walking through front Frontierland in uh, Disneyland. It's basically 
complete yeah, for I me. Yeah, I guess it's the same I've had too. The, there's, uh, I, I really want to drive out now. After Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm. I want to see what's left of Spawn Ranch. I know they rebuilt a lot of that stuff, but I think it'd be cool to go there and see what's up out there. It was cool to find out that at Universal Hollywood on the tour, you go through a old West Town too. Yeah, that's where they filmed the old West um, TV show stuff in Once Upon a Time oh. in Hollywood mm-hmm. as well. Is that the old West Town that they flood on the tour ride? Yeah, it's part of it. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you also see in the video uh, Jimmy Fallon uh, having a showdown with himself, which is uh, yeah. uh, secretly about the embattlement uh, with his battle with alcohol. Jesus. Alleged. Alleged. See you're headed there. Uh, if I'm bringing up Jimmy Fallon, it's to mock his alcohol problems. <laughs> uh, that's the only reason I would do it. Now, hey, we uh, Jimmy Fallon, get well. Get some help, buddy. Stop enabling fascists, is what I say. <laughs> Also that, uh, stop doing that. Well, yeah, now he's just going to have on uh, Pete Buttigieg, and he's going to uh, slow jam the news with him. Mm. Good times. I learned how to pronounce Buttigieg because of his uh, promotional appearance on Jimmy Fallon. That was so awful. PR works. Uh, it did. It did. Uh, but anyway, the, the family goes to an old West town, but on the way there, they have an attack of the elderly. <laughs> I love Jasper's reaction at the window. Also being scared of Lisa. <laughs> this also reminds me of Old Money in which uh, Abe's birthday is always tragic. Oh, yeah. That, that was the Discount Lion Safari birthday where they were gone for so long that B. Simmons died. Oh, man. And also, yeah, actually, this is very similar setup there. I was also thinking of a similar gag where the Sarah Gilbert episode where he has a crush, he visits Abe for uh, oh, tips. Right. And he goes like, you remembered my birthday. What? Uh, yeah, he gives him the bus uh, schedule. <laughs> yes. So the intonation of, you remembered my birthday is just a, a classic uh, Abe saying. Uh, though, when I think about it, now, this makes this even more tragic. This horrible day for Abe happens on his birthday. Yeah, I totally forgot about that first scene. Uh, uh, also, that engine, check engine light, I thought of this joke usually when I had, back when I had a car, if I'd look at unlit the check engine light, I was like, I remember Homer put tape over that. <laughs> I remember back uh, when VCRs were still a thing. What you'd see in movies or TV shows, the visual indicator that somebody was bad at technology or just out of touch was that their VCR was always flashing 12, right? Ah, yeah. Uh, Of course, my grandma, my sweet grandma, hers was, and to solve that problem, she put a piece of tape over it. (laughs) Out of sight, out of mind. (laughs) I like the the old-fashioned ingenuity of your grandma. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just like, well, I don't need a clock on there and it's bothering me, so (laughs) away you go. Yeah, the clock on the VCR was one of my, like, as a kid, that was the first, like, why? Like, you know, Mm. they'll put certain... uh, things into other devices like wi-fi in your fridge or whatever i remember being like why do i need i've got a clock in my living room i don't need one that's flashing at me all the time or that's bright while i'm watching a movie like the same thing with my ps4 has to be glowing blue while i have a (laughs) blu-ray playing i'm just happy that uh so we no longer have dvd players really we just play things on our playstations and whatnot but i'm really happy that we no longer have a thing that tells us how much longer the movie will run because it's just so distracting it's like well this movie only has 14 minutes i know what's going to happen now (laughs) uh it's something I 
I'm so spoiled by like YouTube videos. Like, well, how much longer is in this essay? Just mouse over it. Uh-huh. Like, I should, I should resist it and just like be thinking this is as long as this essay is gonna be or whatever. Yeah, I, I wonder if they had to pay for that happy birthday song too. That did he sing enough that they had to pay for it? Oh, and also before, right before that starts, they fit in a scene of marge getting shit on by everybody as usual where she's like come on everybody hip hip and nobody wants it even homer doesn't want to be cheered that's me they'll they stand all, for two cheers they're too mean to marge as as usual they are heading on their way uh homer also is very mean to lisa of just shutting her down like it's 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 because it's stupid that's why that's why anybody does anything i really feel like a lot of uh, writers dads are being filtered through homer right now mm-hmm. the little taste you get of scully's parents uh uh, in the commentaries, yeah. you're like, oh boy, you had a tough. Sounds like you had a tough br- uh, gr- growing up. I feel like the Homer is meaner during these seasons because of uh, Mike Scully and Dana Gould just had terrible fathers. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, to this day, Mike Scully's still uh, pin tweet is still. I just cremated my dad, and he said I never amount to anything. <laughs> so his I love that tweet is about burning his dad's skeleton. I love that tweet. Yeah, I really do love it. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, maybe it is. Uh, you know, Al Jean had a really nice relationship with his yeah. dad. Maybe that's why things softened for Homer when he got on. But uh, yeah, Homer's just so mean. I think they are just funneling a lot of their memories from road trips as a kid, where they're you'd ask your dad to do anything, and your dad dad would reply like i'm the driver shut up <laughs> i i this is a fascist uh, police state this car it's and not I'm a democracy the, <laughs> it's not a cheerocracy in this car uh, and so they head to uh, Blood Gulch, which the the sign gag's not the funniest it's just like Blood Gulch the friendliest town in the old west like uh eh. But I suppose it's friendly in that uh, there's so many prostitutes there. That's yeah, very yeah. friendly there. The amount of sex work is was a reality in the Old West. Like, people more often uh, were having sex with a sex worker than uh, robbing banks, I think. There's and a the very... Whole, whole episode about that. I was thinking of that, Matthew. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a whole episode where Hank finds out that Arlen was once known as Harlot Town. And it's yeah. where you basically go to find a sex worker while you were traveling in the oh. Old West. Oh, yeah. What? Come down and see us sometime? Something like something? that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember that 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 was such a cool episode because it you think that it's going to be a shame for the town. And then they meet a PR guy who's like, no, this is the greatest thing that could have yeah. happened to us. Uh, yeah. This well, also the the guy uh, in the the tour guide is basically explaining the the setting of Deadwood. Like this is just everything in Deadwood was a whorehouse as well. They say prostitutes so much here. Uh, but yes, let's let's learn all about the old west. This should be very educational. I want you kids to pay attention. Founded by prostitutes in 1849 and serviced by prostitute express riders who could bring in a fresh prostitute from St. Joe in three days, Bloodbath Gulch quickly became known as a place where a trail hand could spend a month's pay in three minutes. Three minutes? I never realized history was so filthy. First on our tour is the whorehouse. Then we'll visit the cat house, the brothel, the bordello, and finally the old mission. Oh, thank heaven. Lots of prostitutes in there. (laughs) But there was more to the Old West than just sex, folks. A lot more. If you look off to your left, you'll see a real Old West hitching post, possibly used by bandits, possibly during some exciting adventure. And these planks below us 
were often used as a sidewalk by people who may or may not have been bandits. I do like how Homer is impressed that a man could last three minutes. That's a great lie. That, that tells you so much about Homer. Uh, Homer's probably like, well, sure, on your uh, wedding anniversary, maybe you can last three minutes. But other than that... Mark saying, uh, I never realized history was so filthy reminds me of like every right wing politician who just tries to hide things. It's just like, oh, I can't believe you're bringing up things that happened in the past as if that matters for politics. This kind of thing just happened recently, but not with with sex work, but with slavery of uh, like, uh, I think there was uh, there was something going viral around people complaining on Yelp of like, when I went to this old fashioned plantation, I think the tour guide got too political talking about all uh-huh. the slaves that were here we mm-hmm. all know about slavery but we wanted to see an old plantation i'm here for the scenery I just to ride horses <laughs> i'm here for the scenery the scenery built by slaves <laughs> uh yeah the knowing the real context of history is important like there's a lot of uh warts to history i mean but that when you look at american history and the warts then it's harder to say it's the greatest experiment in human history or whatever bullshit you say to aggrandize this stupid country uh i mean look it's fine it's no, uh, it's, not. it's, no, it's not it's uh no i mean it's built on the planks of racism and uh slavery that's all don't all forget genocide is. genocide you too, always yes, forget yeah. genocide what is it with you separation <laughs> uh, genocide henry <laughs> all this next stuff reminds me of uh westworld yeah it's very westworld yeah, the old yeah. movie and i remember uh just like with a lot of prestige tv stuff like people cared about that new one for about eight episodes and then i never heard about it again is it still mm-hmm. running I think so. Yeah, it was. I remember seeing it in the um, if you watched the final season of Game of Thrones, those episodes were front loaded with a sizzle reel called Please Don't Cancel HBO, which was just showing every show that's coming next. They're like, oh, we've got so many cool shows. Please don't leave HBO and Game of Thrones (laughs) is over, please. And Westworld was part of it. I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, Though they're next. Have you seen the old movie, the 70s Westworld movie? Uh, Yeah, I haven't watched the new show. I've watched the 70s movie a bunch of times. I watched it right before we did itchy and scratchy land yeah, it really holds up it's like a really strong action movie yeah michael Crichton, he can write a basically he wrote the same movie three times or something but jurassic park is westworld it's just yeah. like the first terminator in that the third act is hilarious and premise but uh scary as hell where in westworld <laughs> the third act is a robot cowboy chases you mm-hmm. and uh, terminator it's a robot skeleton chases you <laughs> but it's just the third act and that's it uh, yeah Joel Brenner too. So yeah, he's like God. a scary looking man already. Joel Brenner playing a robot of himself. It's just so wonderful and and <laughs> uh yeah, also yeah, all these robots especially like killer robots and sexy robots also i love in westworld how excited the guys are to win a bar fight with the robots now like yeah these robots look look tough but they're made to lose to you which makes it even (laughs) better when you have the killer robot who can't slow down (laughs) chasing after you the whole time the robot who couldn't slow down (laughs) (laughs) i i also love his uh, descriptions of boring things to cover for the fact that apparently Nothing happened in Blood Gulch other than prospectors having sex with women. And people walking on planks. (laughs) Yes, yeah. There was never any famous, like, shootouts or robberies or anything it's just that which means they are really taking advantage of uh historical license by having a giant shootout later at the place uh and yeah i like 
Homer, uh, the opening clip there where Homer uh, just walks away. I like Marge's uncomfortable laughter to cover for Homer's incredible rudeness. <laughs> this bar, this is the part that really reminds me of Westworld, which Westworld was just really about Disneyland anyway. So it's also like if Pirates of the Caribbean was a cowboy thing instead. They even have the wench chasing circle oh, that's going right, yeah. on. Which, uh, how did they change? They changed it to the girl chasing him, didn't they? Or is it just yeah, gone now? I think, I mean, I just was on it in February, and I think it is the woman is chasing the man now. Okay. And they added Scarlet, the the new woman pirate, uh, voiced by Gray. What does she go by now? I, th- I believe she Gray goes Griffin? by Gray Delisle Griffin, or is it uh, Gray Griffin? I've seen both recently. I think she's. I think she tried to switch to Gray Griffin totally, and then people didn't know who that was. So now <laughs> she's Gray Delisle Griffin. She's been Daphne all this time, but uh, yeah, no, that part's great. I love that character. I haven't seen this new this new pirate character by her. That's uh, I I mean uh, I wrote it. I felt honored that I got to write it. One of the last times that there was the uh, selling the fat woman scene. Huh. They, they that one I believe is gone now. <laughs> oh yeah, that all the like human trafficking stuff uh, is pretty much gone. It's it's more. Uh-huh. Uh, there's none of that. None of yeah, that. and uh, and that's PC culture ruining Disneyland. No, I'm kidding. Uh, though I will <laughs> miss hearing Dawes Butler's voice in that yeah. scene. Yeah, there's still like ten Johnny Depp's, which is still an <laughs> oh, issue. Oh boy, too yes. many Johnny Depp's on that ride. <laughs> I mean, they clearly spent so much more money uh, money on those Johnny Depp's. Like, you know what? Just hire one of those Johnny Depp robots to be in your next movie. <laughs> Don't hire Johnny Depp. It'll uh, cooperate with you more. In that Disney Plus sizzle reel, I, I was telling Bob about before we started recording. When the pirate scene showed up in it, I just like cringe. Like, oh yeah, that is one of your big. Like that was their biggest thing before Marvel. And now I never want to think about it because Johnny Depp is disgusting to me. The Simpsons will be right back. Hope you're enjoying this week's podcast with the strangest people on earth, me and Bob. And we really appreciate our special guest this week, Matthew J., for coming on. Please check out all this stuff, like the podcast The Deep End and Cartoons 101. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider supporting the Talking Simpsons Network at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Just $5 a month signups help me and Bob do this full time as our real ass jobs. And that 5 bucks gets you access to so many awesome things. You get to hear our exclusive to Patreon podcast where me and Bob give the Talking Simpsons treatment to many similar shows. We did every episode of The Critic. We did the whole first season of Futurama. We did the whole first season of King of the Hill. And we've got another awesome miniseries coming in the fall. You can only hear those if you're a $5 and up patron at patreon.com slash talking simpsons the same goes for our many exclusive interviews we did with folks who have been working on the simpsons in some cases from the very first shorts on tracy ullman in 1987 you can only hear those if you're a five dollar and up patron at patreon.com slash talking simpsons so please sign up today
You know what podcast goes good with a sarsaparilla? The What A Cartoon Movie Podcast. Me and Bob for our $10 and up patrons to a premium once a month podcast where we do the same wonderful podcast stylings we do, but for a different animated feature film once a month. Would you like to hear us talk about movies like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling, Tiny Toons How I Spent My Vacation, Akira, Kiki's Delivery Service, a Goofy Movie? You can only hear those on our What a Cartoon Movie podcast that's exclusive to our premium patrons who pledge $10 a month. So please consider going to the $10 level, up in your $5 pledge. All of those $5 benefits will be included, plus our monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast. You know you want to hear it. So please check that out one more time at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Homer uh, then ends up uh, insulting our proud veterans. Hey, robot, get your fat metal ass down here. First of all, I'm not a robot. And second, I got this metal ass in Nam, defending this country for lazy jerks like you. Now, what do you have, partner? Let's see, one, two, three, six whiskeys. All right. We only serve sarsaparilla, Mac. No alcohol. Oh. You can get drunk when we get home. Duh. Hey, these cards are mine. Now look what you've done. I'm sorry, I don't know what came over me. Let's forget this whole thing <laughs> happened. What the heck is this, a tea party? Somebody <laughs> kill somebody! <laughs> what is it with you and robots? Hearing about a metal ass is prepping the audience for Futurama in three oh, months. Oh, wow. Like a metal ass, eh? <laughs> what if a character were to have a metal ass that one would bite? It's it's neuro-linguistic programming. They've been, it's a psyop this whole time. Mm. You know, the animation here, when the bartender walks over, it almost feels like it's supposed to look robotic yeah. just a little bit. And then he's like, I, I'm not a robot, comes in. I forgot where the joke was going, so it was pretty convincing. Uh, robotic walking. <laughs> and also when Homer... Homer, Homer orders six whiskeys for everybody. I didn't realize until uh, this viewing, like, oh, the, Bart's reaction is him re- him thinking Homer's buying all the whiskey for them. Like, everybody needs a shot of whiskey. It's the Old West. <laughs> Homer finding out there's no alcohol, and then he's just like, well, of course I'm going to get drunk at home. That That's <laughs> a given, guys. When Marge asks him why, uh, what's your problem with robots, it's like, does she not remember Itchy and Scratchy Land? Come on. That's true. They should all be terrified of robots <laughs> and not wanting to go near any animatronics uh, and all the cap gun jokes this is the first of the cap gun jokes too then uh homer homer actually looks legitimately scared under that table maybe that's why he's so cruel that he's just like shaken up by all this robot stuff uh, it's funny to me that out of all the things they program they program these guys to be nice to each other when and they knock over the poker table have a big misunderstanding that they all <laughs> recover from but they can still react to homer if a bottle is smashed on their heads <laughs> I also, uh, I really like the design of the piano player with the coin slot thing. You that is cool. Yeah, I do like that touch. Though the reason I think I know why all these robots are so beaten up, it's because people can just touch them. You need to have yeah. a clear marker to keep you <laughs> people away from your animatronics. There needs to be like a, a person in the room, like uh, in the tiki room. There's a person in there. Make sure you don't mm-hmm. touch the birds. We I, were talking uh, before the recording about this era of The Simpsons getting into the modern era, about how you lose little 
little touches in the show that kind of elevate the show and the world that they live in. But one of them that is still in this episode is when Bart puts the quarter in that guy's head. Just the huh! that he does when he shoves it. Uh, it's oh, yeah. nice and tactile and I like it. It just gives like a texture to the scene that I really enjoy. I love Nancy just making sound effects for Bart that uh, <laughs> most people wouldn't do. Just like the little yeah. huh! Oh like yeah, cupcakes at the wall. Oh like, yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> Huckin needs to have a sound. Yeah, I feel like now they wouldn't even think of that effort. Like, yeah, that, I like that that they saw that it maybe that was even like an ADR thing where they saw that it looked like it takes Bart a little effort to shove that quarter in. So mm-hmm. you need to hear the exertion sound. And uh, that man, uh, then I can't believe they got. Speaking of metal asses, they got away with plastic asses. Here yeah, that are just flesh colored too. Some real derrieres. <laughs> like an exploding <laughs> ass flies at the screen, which I really did not expect to see. Nobody must use that piano player. Like Bart has to be the first one who's turned it on in forever. Uh, and at least though, Abe gets uh, gets a slap on the face for his sexual harassment of this <laughs> robot. After the bar room scene, Maggie, you can see her riding the horse that was cute it's a cute little thing it's rare to detail i noticed was they actually drew maggie's legs in that you could see like oh, yeah. through her pee hmm. peewee no sweet pee sweet pee the outfit yes, pee her pee pee outfit <laughs> <laughs> they're not that scatological actually no this is episodes all about pee pee yeah what am i this saying pee pee episode uh the jokes that don't work for me is this one that is so heavily projected of just like, oh, where'd you get that? Uh, where'd you make that? And Bart's like, he's handing it out. Like, we all knew it was real. I, I forgot about the joke, so I did laugh at it. Okay. Yeah. I, I saw it coming. I, I recalled from my first viewing, I was like, we know it's real. This Homer is. But that also just feels like a repeat of Itchy and Scratchy Land of Homer is awful at theme parks. Yeah, that's true. I do like the uh, the novelty wanted poster being a real wanted poster. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what they, uh, pr- they can only print up those kind of wanted posters there. And Marge saying, what is it with you when robots? He gets, uh, he get, maybe that's why he's getting all this lewd behavior. I suppose, too, lewd behavior is an extreme for Homer, too. It's like, oh, he, violent behavior is one thing, but lewd, lewdness, what is he doing? <laughs> uh, and then we get a big old-fashioned shootout, which definitely feels like a parody of like a Universal Studios stunt show. I just like how they are just at point-blank range, <laughs> and the guy shooting at the cigar store, Native American... <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah. And even shooting at the tourists in the face, which is uh, very dangerous to do. I know it, uh, you know, it's always blanks, but you shouldn't actually do that. Yeah. We all know what happened to Brandon Lee. I mean, they're cap guns. They're not oh. firing blanks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're just there's a little thing smashing a cap. I think That's they're true. fine. <laughs> Have you never fired a cap gun? Uh, they scared me. I didn't uh, like cap guns. Well, they're perfectly safe. They just make the air <laughs> smell a little funny. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, they're safe to shoot at each other, but if a cop sees you and you're not the right skin oh, tone, yeah. you might not uh, they might not be so safe. Uh, not to be extra depressing here. Uh, I didn't like cap guns as a kid because yeah, the popping scared me. Even the um, there was a He-Man toy that it was like the toy was you put caps in his chest and turn a, a crank and they pop. Uh, even those scared me. I Too was like, excitement. I don't want to make that noise with Key Man. No. It's the same technology as bank snaps. Those little fake firecrackers you throw on the ground just go psh, mm-hmm. when you throw them on the ground. I mean, those were just made to throw at your brother. Exactly. Like, that's what they're for. Or or sister. They, uh, you know, any. Or sister. <laughs> or synagogue. <laughs> no, don't throw them in synagogues. That's not <laughs> oh what I'm God. saying. No. <laughs> First you're denying genocide. Now, oh, oh God, this where, is where's uh, this going? It's a bad episode for me. <laughs> uh, they also Scully in the shootout. He talks about how they. 
they they cut a scene of somebody saying like, oh no, there's a prostitute getting away. And they shoot at her. He was like, we had said the word prostitute so many times. <laughs> we we can't have it again. Uh, but it's on the DVD, so you can watch the deleted scene there. Or wait for me and Bob's deleted scene commentary in a few months. The best joke, uh, which also involves maybe uh, another of their on-screen corpses in the yeah, show. Yeah, watching a man die on screen. <laughs> Uh-oh, better run for cover, partners. Some varmints are having a shootout. Yeehaw! You stole my prostitute, man. Die, yellow belly. Ruth's was a gunfight. There's old Curly. He played the town preacher until we laid him off, but he still hangs around. Help oh, me, please, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, Marge. The guy's sick. <laughs> uh, shouldn't we help him? He knows what he's doing. <laughs> I do love any he knows what he's doing joke. Let him go, Ralph. <laughs> he knows. You're right. Yeah, that he's that's a that's a good state. I should be using that statement more in real life when I don't want to get involved in something that could trouble me. I'm like, eh, he knows what he's doing. He's clearly dying, and no one say like he's dead. He's or at the very least, he needs to be resuscitated yeah. after this. Let's not say they won't let him die. But man, the the tour guide's laughter too, where he's like, that that's old curly. He used to be like you think he's about to say he's the town drunk, but he's he used to be the preacher, and then we laid him off. So he must have gotten drunk off site and wandered on to the old ghost town, <laughs> or he has nowhere else to live, and so he just lives in the ghost town drinking what he can. <laughs> <laughs> Though he has to bring the alcohol with him because there's no, uh, they don't sell any in the saloon. I think that's because they must not have a liquor license; like they don't have the money for that. Uh, yeah, God. and they uh, they said on the commentary that the animators added the photograph gag at the uh, very okay. end there. And also on the commentary, they point out a thing I never noticed, which is that Schwarzwelder wrote in the script, during the shootout, a guy digs a hole for some reason. And you do see the guy digging a hole, but it is so imperceptible, you don't even know it's it's there. I They said on the commentary that uh, you could excuse any Schwarzwelder joke if he adds for some reason. <laughs> for some reason, this is happening. They're always funny when they say something is happening on screen because he wrote for some reason. I'm happy he did that because it is just rando. It's I mean, it's rando humor for sure, but I prefer calling it for some reason humor. So then we head back to the saloon, and I got to say, Abe is drinking a dangerous amount of sarsaparilla. Like, it's like six in front of him, right? Uh, it, <laughs> man, it seems even more like a dozen. Like he shouldn't, an old man shouldn't have that much, uh, like also the urine stuff that happens with him old people need to pee all the time anyway put him in diapers i say uh i mean he hasn't there been jokes about him wearing diapers before he needs a changing put me down for one of each <laughs> oh yes yeah yeah <laughs> i think that's a real gene and reese staple they liked a uh, uh, an abe wears a diaper gagged for sure and we have a list of things that angry up the blood uh so to date newspapers and sarsaparilla oh yeah <laughs> uh god i've i've said it before but i love the term angers up the blood like because uh uh, reading Twitter gets my blood angry quite a lot, which uh, some people would call hypertension, but mm. not my doctor, not yet, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get a good sarsaparilla like this back in Springfield. It angries up the blood. <laughs> you like it, huh? Up yours! Can I go to the bathroom before we leave? 
We gotta get home. I don't want to miss inside the actor's studio. Tonight it's F. Murray Abraham. Hmm. But I really need F. to... F. Murray Abraham. There's a rest area. Pull over. Can't stop. No, we're making great time. Can I go behind a tree? What are you, an animal? <laughs> Whoever keeps saying, please stop back there. Better quit it. Oh. Wow, get a load of that toilet. <laughs> All the people sitting on the giant toilet it's so with their weird. pants down is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very weird visual. Boy, poor Abe. Poor, poor Abe. This is just. I want to watch that episode of Inside the Actor's Studio. I love that Murray <laughs> Abraham. I'm sure he's, he's had to be on it at some point. At some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, by 1998, we had entered the age of making fun of Inside the Actor's Studio. Like, it was the thing to joke about. Of... I think that was the year that Mr. Show did Inside the Actor. It was the last ah, season of yes. Mr. Show, which was 98. So Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and I think at around the same time, not just that, but David Cross was doing his uh, James Lipton thanking his wife. Life uh, bit on stage of like he makes fun of James Lipton so much that of course he'd be cast in a thing with him uh, like four or five years later in Arrested Development like that was obviously going to oh, happen yeah but uh, I mean James Lipton uh, like a guy who wants to be famous he's like laughed along and got cast in a ton of stuff to make fun of it like Arrested Development with David Cross yeah I'm not seeing that he was ever on it though. Oh what? Mm. Oh James Lipton on this show? No, no, on F. Murray uh, Abraham. F. Murray Abraham oh, on Inside no. the Actor Studio. So uh, uh, is that program still on? Yes, though he is retired from it. Yeah, so. he was like shockingly old. That He's that bad die job covered up that he was like in his eighties. <laughs> yeah, I believe ninth still. But uh, you know what? To be extra safe, I have to play the anti-death jingle talking Go about ahead. this old man. Hunters, I ain't dead yet. Uh, but yes, he, he just retired. I believe 1926 was when he was born. He's uh, quite quite wow. an old. Well, I mean, for him to yeah, quite it is quite a bad die job, Bob. But uh, I mean, if he was somebody who could talk about working with you know many famous dead people who also worked at the actor's studio, then you got to be that aged to remember like, oh, I remember working with Marlon Brando and he uh, <laughs> learned uh, method acting here. So uh, he was like almost 60 when he wrote the Thundercats theme. That's oh, right. Oh, shit, yeah. That's an urban legend. I actually uh, don't think that's actually true. I've heard that same urban legend. I want to believe yeah. it. I want to believe it. But then you hear about like Chuck Lorre writing Ninja Turtles theme, and then you don't know what's what. <laughs> that one's true. That is true, yeah. 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 Uh, I, also, not long after this, I, it was in, I think, 2000 or 01, they did the Simpsons episode of Inside the Actor's Studio. Do yes. You remember that? Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. Uh, I watched I that a bunch hate. of times. I hated it. <laughs> really? Like, Why? Uh please uh what would Homer say is his favorite food? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he was a donut. <laughs> very good, very good donuts, Yo. yes, hilarious. <laughs> the actors. That is exactly how it's like. Yeah, yes, it's yeah. so shitty and boring. It's just like, please do your shtick for us. <sighs> and then like uh Julie Kavner leaves and everyone yep. thought she was mad for the longest time, but then like a decade later she's like, no. I had to get my car back because I had to go across the ferry to get back home. <laughs> yes, yeah. It was <laughs> just because she had to go home. It's uh, she had a she had an important engagement she had to go to. That it was just these long walks to like just stick. It just like no, there's a certain character who works at a certain convenience store. Is that right, Mister Hank's area? <laughs> and then he does the approve voice. Yes, yeah. And just repeating jokes from the show. Yeah. Like, what's Bart's favorite swear word, which is a question that he would ask people, but you know says. Dan no, the, and, I I, I don't want to. 
be hateful, but man, it, I, like I wanted more. But it was fun to see them do the voices. But I just wanted like questions. Well, yeah, it's all fluff. With a real actor, yeah. it's real. But when you have like seven people up there, it's all just. It was an advertisement for The Simpsons at a time when ratings were probably slipping a little bit. Well, the the creakiest part of it I recall is that you know Yardley Smith, who is actually like a great actress and. Uh, she was. She actually could have things to say about being an actor from like being a stage actress before she got hired uh, on The Simpsons and or by Stephen King even. But uh, they were just like, I believe Lisa has a poem and she just reads like the uh, I had a cat named Snowball. He died. He died. The uh, that it was just like, could you read a thing Lisa said a while ago? <laughs> just like read lines from the show. It's just like him making them do answering machine messages <laughs> on television. Yeah. Well, I felt bad for like Yardley. So Hank, Dan and Harry are trained improvisers, but I don't think Yardley and uh, Nancy really are like, they're not of that. And so when he's asking, you know, Dan to improvise in Krusty, he can do an all right job at it. But if you ask Nancy to improvise in Bar, she she doesn't have the she's not a writer in that way i don't i don't want to be mean she's so skilled at so many uh, things nancy cartwright is one of our greatest scientologists but <laughs> but i don't think uh, if you're asking her to improv on the spot for inside the actor studio it's probably not the you're going to get the best stuff from her you know uh i think that was one of it wasn't the first time but i think that's where i've heard her say that bart's middle name is jojo as well uh, apparently that's canon what bugged me in it uh i i thought it was all good fun when i first saw it what bugged me when i first saw it was i think maybe this was when the dvds were not out yet or maybe just new but like al Jean gets to stand up for a minute and say we writers love the actors and actors are great and then sits back down i was like can't we talk to the fucking writers <laughs> these guys never get talked to now well, i've i've heard enough of the writers enough no <laughs> And in the James Lipton comedy bits, I feel like it was around this time or maybe just a little later is when Will Ferrell begins his uh, James Lipton yeah. impression as well. Yeah. I totally forgot about that until you brought it up. Yeah, talking to Tobey Maguire as Screech. That's the one oh, I was yeah. Oh, yes. I, I let, that's a really good one. Uh, the other one I remember, that was the best one. But Heather Graham as Drew Barrymore was kind of a funny one, too. But yeah. But I think they didn't want to be too mean to Drew Barrymore. But meanwhile, Screech, they... They wouldn't <laughs> care to be nice to him, nor should you be nice to Dustin Diamond, but they weren't being mean to him for the reasons you should be mean to Dustin Diamond. Yeah, that was before he stabbed anyone. We just yes. thought he was annoying. <laughs> now he's a stabber. Uh, but yes, uh, James Lipson, we wish you nothing but the best. Do not die before we post this, goddammit. I demand it. Uh, <laughs> Wait just, one week. Well, it'd be extra It'd be extra eerie if he were to die from a kidney infection or something. Oh, too. God. <laughs> uh, you just doomed him. Now I'm wi- I feel like I'm wishing it into existence. I don't want to do that, but... God, the Abe's begging, his pain is so awful. It's like, this is torture, like to refuse someone the right to pee. I mean, I would think, though, at a certain point, he'd have no more bladder control and he would just piss himself. Like, I know I would at that certain point, And you'd just be like, you know, uh, just as revenge, even of like, oh, you won't stop that I am peeing all over your seat. <laughs> yeah, Abe has some weird sense of dignity in this episode. Yeah, that he never has otherwise. But, and also, uh, as I put a real magnifying glass over the scene. What's also weird that they have to do is the rest of the family has to either be silent or asleep for them, for this to even work because Marge or Lisa would say, no, seriously, dad, stop this car and let him pee. But instead they have to just be asleep. 
for it to even work. I would also think that at a certain point, the pain and stress would give Abe a heart attack and kill him anyway. Yeah. Though, as Hibbert says, he can't believe he's alive now, which is true. Like, uh, Abe is very lucky to not be dead. Just uh, the idea of both of your kidneys full of urine exploding mm-hmm. and, like, the blood and sinew and urine that gets just doused throughout your entire abdomen is terrifying. And, yeah, the whole him being just a nice, sad old man this whole episode. Like, Abe has done awful things and been awful in episodes and in this episode he's only painted as a nice man yeah. who just wanted to celebrate his birthday with his family like this is the cruelest episode I th- probably I th- so far maybe ever i think yeah up to this date and uh they really wanted to make homer look bad in this episode mission accomplished but yes. they could have yeah. thrown in a few scenes of like well if in case you forgot here's why abe sucks <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but but instead they later do the opposite of showing like no abe was a nice guy and he owes him so much like that they they should be more of the when homer was the football coach and and said like i need to be nicer to my son and meaner to my dad like <laughs> abe, abe is awful in that one but in this one and it also uh it this was something the movie i actually the simpsons movie addressed in a way i kind of liked but this deals with it in a worse way of like the movie makes uh, the movie tries to make the case that homer is not actively cruel he is just a selfish person who thinks through nothing and then does his immediate action this homer though is it's not that he's too stupid to know Abe needs to pee and he's not like, oh, I just was not thinking of you. He eventually is just like, no, you're a monster for refusing to stop. Like this is only punishment. When he says like, I'd never let anything happen to my dad. Like, no, you're awful. (laughs) Like, no, Mm -hmm. they, they can't. The movie tries to make the argument that Homer never just thinks of these things, but he does. Yeah, he it's does. a weird, uh, I don't know, it's a re- weird retconning of Homer's character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, he's he's a different character depending on what the writers want to do with him. Yeah, regardless, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I think that was the writers for the movie realizing Homer's arc should be finally explaining why he is such an asshole all the time. Which, I mean, the real explanation is they think it's funny in the moment where they write a scene where Homer's awful, so they write a funny scene. Which... Yeah, there are a bunch of rich men in a room together just <laughs> writing like, well, if I could do whatever I wanted, I would do this. Yeah. What if an oaf did this? Wouldn't it be yeah. funny if Homer did this to his child? Well, what does this mean for his character? We're not thinking about that. We're thinking of the joke right now, guys. <laughs> uh, but then when you make a movie and you need to have a more fleshed out character to have an arc, to have a happy ending, then they have to talk about how thoughtless homer is and then at the end of the movie they want to say like well his thoughtlessness actually saved the day uh, in a way uh not really no. we will get to that movie it'll be like a three-part episode <laughs> yes maybe yeah. four part i have a feeling that's how long it'll be but hey that'll cover a whole month of a uh, podcast that'll be fun and we'll just record it in one day and by the end of the fourth podcast me and bob can just die <laughs> <laughs> no man die podcasting what's uh, a more noble death than that <laughs> well we'll also have our kidneys explode we're gonna we're We'll drink but not pee the entire time either. <laughs> uh, it's the only noble death. Me. Uh, <laughs> I used to work at uh, bookstores and stuff. Like I worked at Barnes and Noble for a long time, and and uh, it's very difficult when you work at the front to get a bathroom break, if, especially mm. if you're the only one at the front. And I used to like call for help and stuff, and call the managers like, "Hey, I need to go to the bathroom. I need someone." And they'd be like, "Wait until your break." And I would always reference this episode and the hold your wee for a wee lady, and they would always just I would I would filibuster. I would just tell that story about that lady. <laughs> 
long enough until they're like, all right, he's going to sue us. Let him go to the bathroom. <laughs> Whenever I had an office job, including our last one I had with Henry, it would be like, okay, I'm here for eight hours and I need to do things to make time go by faster. So one of my tricks was like, I'll just drink a lot of liquids all day. Mm-hmm. They can't, the man can't stop me from peeing. <laughs> he can't stop me from peeing. Not yet. So if you added up all the time I was in the bathroom at work, it was probably like two hours a day. <laughs> the amount of bathroom uh, travel and time peeing, just like, I'm just going to drink iced tea all day and water. <laughs> oh boy. I mean, if you yeah. were a smoker, they'd have forgiven that for smoking. Yeah. Even, God, even just. That is true bullshit. That yeah. is actually, that is so still real uh, in today's work environment that like smokers get to leave and do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Well, they've, I feel like it's chalked up to like, well, you're a manly man taking your cigarette break. Like, I can't yeah. question that. He can't work if he hasn't had a cigarette in two hours. He's gonna he's gonna get the shakes, and it's his addiction. And it's like I am addicted to peeing. Let me go pee. I have to. We are all addicted to peeing. I'm a pee monster. I have to pee three times during every movie. Like, uh, I can't. I can't do it. Well, as listeners know, I take pride in my urine uh, holding abilities. Uh, <laughs> I just like comfort, so I pee freely. I pee freely. <laughs> I pee freely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crud. Uh, uh, the wiener. Also, don't look up the medical facts of a kidney rupture because they will haunt you all Yikes. day. I did mm-hmm. that for this just to be like, well, what would really happen? And what would really happen is that like Abe would die of sepsis like immediately. Yeah, you have like, like toxins flooding into your body. Your yeah. kidneys can't process anything. And uh, though, also Abe should be hooked up to a. Uh, I was gonna say dialysis machine. Yeah, right? dialysis yeah. machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was wagging my fingers. I was agreeing with you. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which. Uh, you know, watching this too, I can't not think of the first episode of Venture Brothers as well, which is all about yeah. kidneys and dialysis machines and oh, taking them right. from your children. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's totally right. There was this something... episode is more cruel than Dr. Venture in that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in Venture's case, uh, spoilers, he knew they were clones anyway, so they're kidney uh-huh. machines. What's he care? He's yeah. not actually shortening their lives. Uh, but yes, here is the um, horrifying act break where yeah. Homer finds out he has effectively murdered his father. Only a couple more times over the horizon. But I might explode! You just sit back and relax. I'm not going to let anything happen to my old dad. Oh, dear God. Uh, this man's kidneys have exploded. exploded. There's nothing <laughs> left. Oh, no! Yeah, that's what happens when you get older. It's one of those natural things. Beautiful in its way. Uh, actually, his kidneys were fine yesterday when he had his annual checkup. Excuse me, doctor. I think I know a little something about medicine. Homer, with all due respect, this x-ray reveals a textbook kidney blowout, which would explain those loud pops you heard. So, you're saying I don't need a new muffler? I don't feel so good. Maybe I ought to eat something. Oh, I'm afraid your eating days are over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. I do love that line. I'm afraid your eating days are over. Uh, A fails to laugh at pain like uh, Dr. Hibbert can. This is another sellout of the Hibbert character as well here, too. But I also do like the the cleverness of the joke of like, well, he had a checkup just yesterday and his kidneys were fine. So this was definitely your fault, Homer. Uh, (laughs) And that the loud popping sounds like Homer's worried about his muffler. Like, still. This this kidney's exploded so loud they popped. Oh, oh. 
and they uh, they must have taken him directly to the doctor right then but uh yeah it's so horrible and he's just so in pain and like maybe i should eat something i don't feel so good like he's this poor old man in all this pain which yes in other episodes he's an asshole but man, not here. Not I think here. It, it was the back-to-back of this episode and the one before it. It was before it, correct? Which one? Married to the Mob? Or yeah. The, uh, oh, no, that's the next week. Oh, that's the next one. Sorry, you record these out of order. But yeah, the, the combo of those two like terrible homers in a row was really a lot for people to take in December of 98. All the online people were like, what is going on? Like, Homer is too mean. Why is Homer this awful? Yeah, he's... Uh, I mean, he's just so cruel in season ten, but they they love those jokes. It 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 gets a laugh in the writers' room, and I think that's why it keeps happening. Uh, according to medical facts, it is impossible that Abe is still alive. Like he, he really should be dead. Uh, and then uh, when we come back, Homer finds out what the fix could be, and. I do also really like the writing in this scene that it undercuts uh, sitcom pacing here. How long do I have to live, Doc? (laughs) I'm amazed you're alive now. (laughs) Oh, I blame myself for this. We all blame you. (laughs) Come on, Doc. There's got to be something I can do to help my dad. Well, you could give him a kidney. A kidney? Okay, fine. You see, the waiting list for a kidney is very long, and... I said fine. What is it about the word sure you don't understand? (laughs) Oh, thank you, son. Hmm, I'll take the left one. It's good and springy, though the right one's not without its charms. That was a bit that really reminded me of Venture Brothers, the squeezing of a kidney Mm -hmm. through the body. Homer Homer does the exact thing at the end of this episode, too, to Bart, that that's what Dr. Venture's doing to the boys when he gets that idea. and takes one from each of them. He gets Mm -hmm. two new kidneys. I do like that cruelty of Dr. Venture. He's like, well, I don't want to live with just one kidney. I have two sons. I'm going to take a kidney each from them. (laughs) The the sitcom me gag would have been Homer saying no and then Hibbert explaining those things, but Homer fucks up the scene by saying like sure and Hibbert's like well because you see the list of very long like I already removed the conflict from the scene Hibbert (laughs) why are you saying this lie (laughs) uh yeah so everybody's giving Homer a treat I like that he counts pork chops twice when he's listing the amount of food being given to him Uh, though his excitement over pork chops feels very season one I don't think he is yeah I think they just remembered that's one of his favorite foods (laughs) what did the t-shirt say oh yeah pork chops and applesauce yeah Mm, I mean hey look I like a pork chop but the pork. driest meat in the universe is a pork yeah. chop. Well, that's why you got to cut. It's not good for your kidneys. That, <laughs> is, that is a very fatty cut of meat. And if you just cut, well, guys, it'll be less dry if you cover it in more fat, like <laughs> vegetable oil. Dip it in sauce. <laughs> well, I just bought an, uh, on the instruction of Bill Oakley, I just bought an air fryer. And man, those things cook up pork chops really tasty, guys. Henry is a tool okay. of the air fryer makers. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> You're this comes up for big air fryer. This here. comes up in every conversation with people we have. Uh, well, I just look over at my air fryer and think of how much I love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, man, I mean, if you, uh, listeners, if you eat frozen foods a lot, which is probably unhealthy for you and for me, but if you still do that, it fries up frozen food way faster and uh, better than like an oven would do with those things. So, uh, like, man, mm, fish sticks in that air fryer, good times. And same, and same with pork chops. I, I didn't used to have pork chops all that often, but now that the air fryer doesn't so well, I order them a lot. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> Are we, do we have a deal, like a code, an offer code uh, or something? I should have a, an affiliate link. Let's, let's to, talk to them. Well, I don't, uh, don't want to say what brand my air fryer is because I, I want to leave my air fryer 
uh, advertising open to whatever brand wants to pay first. Mm. Uh, but anyway, send I, me one. <laughs> I like the gag that Homer uh, also feels he's owed this treatment when it's like, no, you're having to do this because of your monstrous cruelty. But he's like, well, I, I think I'm always owed these things. And he even says that he's like the greatest person who's ever, the luckiest man who's ever lived. Like, this is only happening because you were a monster, Homer. <laughs> Another thing that feels like a big old callback is Homer liking gorilla movies as well. Yeah. Was that from Bart Gets an F? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, where it's Gorilla Week on Million Dollar Movie. I do love Apes of Poppin'. That's a great <laughs> title of a movie. Mm. Airline version. <laughs> Which, the airline version is always the worst version of a movie. It gets shortened for airline and, uh, and cut up for content. Uh, I wanted to look up what that was the first a poppin thing was it's apparently was it uh this uh, i think it goes back to a 1956 movie called corns a poppin mm. uh, which is like it's a review movie so a bunch of songs and stuff so there'll be a bunch of a performances in this uh vhs tape yeah it's uh it, it looks like a musical review based on the cover to uh, apes a poppin it also looks like a musical review well we also had a uh, hail to the chimp last season so mm, that's true the monkey movies are a common thing with homer <laughs> Hell's a Poppin's from 41. Oh, it is? Oh, what's that uh, about? Hell's a Poppin'. It's actually a very... It's become a kind of rare film because nobody owns it, So, but it's oh. on YouTube. Uh, it's a very influential film uh, directed by H.C. Potter and, and Edward F. Klein. I read those out loud. I don't remember the directors. But... <laughs> okay. uh, it's it's like it was a Broadway show and it's like what you just said. It's like a musical review show, but it's also like weird and it was very influential on people like Joe Dante. Like it's like yeah. kind of a crazy movie. I've heard it referenced, but I've never seen it or know really what it was. Yeah, because it's never like I'm sure it's been on some home video, but it's currently uh, at least Gordon, I've heard Joe Dante talk about this. He says that nobody currently owns it, so there's no good release of it, but it is fully on YouTube, probably from some TV rip or VHS rip or something. Hmm, I'm going to check this out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do love Homer's line, I'm the luckiest guy in the world now that Lou <laughs> Gehrig is dead. <laughs> Homer is feeling pretty confident about it until he heads down to the old watering hole. Well, I got to hand it to you, Homer. You're really brave to go through with this operation. It's not an operation, Mo. The doctor says it's just a procedure. No, no, no. Making polenta, that's a procedure. You're talking about deadly, life-threatening surgery here. Really? You think it's dangerous? Oh, yeah. And, and even if you survive the operation... Procedure. Deadly procedure. <laughs> Whatever. The point is, with only one kidney, you won't be able to drink yourself stupid no more. No, you're just trying to scare me. Plus, they'll put you on one of those organ donor sucker lists. Everybody who wants an eyeball or a spine or a vestigial tail will be after you. But I don't want that. Listen, I'm just going to get right to the point here. Can I have your buttocks? I mean, if you die, they look pretty comfortable. Yeah, I guess. And, uh, are those your original lips? Well, actually, I... Hey, quit harvesting me with your eyes! <laughs> oh, yeah, that would look so good on me. Boy, Homer has had some work done, apparently. Yeah. My canon guess on that is that Homer has had so many horrible injuries that in reconstruction <laughs> surgery, he's had his lips replaced at some point. After eating that chili pepper, probably. Ooh, yeah, that'd do it. The uh, And also, uh, Mo's interest in his ass is really uh, odd. <laughs> Mo's like, got a skinny little ass. I guess, he, yeah, he does. Uh, I have he, a skinny ass, and it's a real pain. I thought, like, <laughs> what, sitting for so long? Mm, I want a big, comfortable ass like Homer. Eat up, Bob. You know, <laughs> that'll get that'll get you a big butt very quickly. Uh, though, though there are 
uh, some people have the Hank Hill body type of no butt and still a paunch as well. Yeah. So I did look into this, um, and Marge also brings it up later too that like having one kidney dramatically shortens your life. That's uh, according to kidney websites I looked at. That's not really true. Like that, life expectancy is about the same for people who have, uh, you know, ha- medically had one kidney removed. That it's not now. There is risk involved. Like you do, uh, you you know, you could get an infection. Your body could react to it poorly. But if you can make it through that after losing a kidney, then your life uh, isn't dramatically shortened. What if you're a very large alcoholic like Homer? Well, it does say they are correct that you can't binge drink with so, one kidney, or you really shouldn't. Like it, you are process your kidneys have a heart and liver have a harder time processing alcohol anyway with one fewer kidney it will be worse which does change things when you think about how much homer binge drinks after this episode when it is a proven fact he has one kidney after this unless there's there could be a one-off line later in the show he's like no i got a second kidney from some blah 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 or whatever i'm sure in the 20 years to follow there's been an x-ray of homer with two kidneys yeah visibly (laughs) i i would bet so if you have one kidney though the kidney websites also say Say, you shouldn't be binge drinking at all. That's bad for <laughs> your kidneys. Even what if are you, you a doctor? <laughs> Especially regularly binge drinking. But yes, if you have a second kidney, uh, then meanwhile, what Lenny's talking about is this fear I've heard from people too of like, if you're on the organ donor list, your doctor will let you die on the table to steal your organs, which that's why people don't sign up for those organ donor lists. I'm on it, but no one's still my organ. <laughs> hasn't happened yet but i don't know if uh, the next time you go under you're gonna have to think about that like will mm. this doctor let me live i'll just hide my driver's license from them <laughs> you're, not, you're not seeing this until i wake up <laughs> uh so homer leaves and now he's got a lot of fears and another like classic homer line in the scene i really love that explains his horrible selfishness too why didn't somebody tell me what i was volunteering for This is everybody's fault but mine. I know you're scared, homie, but remember why you're doing this. It's for your father, the man who raised you and nurtured you. Jack and Jill went up the hill and... Jill came tumbling after the end. Good night. (laughs) Is that the same Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk? You know, son, I believe it is. And Jack Spratt, is that him too? (laughs) Sure, why not? Good night. Is he the same as Jack B. Nimble and Jack Frost and little Jack Horner? Say, how about a little NyQuil? Oh, good. Oh, I love you, son. I owe Dad so much. Those bedtime stories began my lifelong love affair with a printed word. (laughs) Well, giving him a kidney is a wonderful way to show him how you feel. You're right, Marge. I'll do it. But if I die during the operation, will you do one thing for me? Anything, sweetheart. Blow up the hospital. (laughs) Well, I said I'd do it, so I guess I'll have to. That's my girl. I love that. <laughs> That's a great joke. It's a great. Yeah. He's so sober and serious when he says, "Like blow up the hospital." <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh God, and that, and then Marge is like, "I said I'd do it." <laughs> uh, so that flashback there, one, they definitely got notes about even saying the word Nyquil, 
And it wasn't uh, about like, oh, it's dangerous to give kids NyQuil or whatever. It's more about a branded thing. I assume the original joke they wanted to use was like booze, like have some whiskey or whatever. Mm, yeah. Because that was the old fashioned like nighttime thing for your kids. Like if you really want to knock out your kids, you give them a shot of whiskey or something. <laughs> yes. And uh, uh, parents did that. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's it's dangerous. It's that's a dangerous thing to do to your of children. Of course, of course. But it was done uh, by uh, the greatest generation. Yeah, we can't fault them. But and so uh, that's why you don't see the label. Uh, he turns away from the camera when he pours the Nyquil. Yeah. Though, too. But that uh, they they have a whole they have a real interesting discussion in the commentary there about how like branded terms aren't necessarily because they're worried they'll be sued by Nyquil. It's more like they uh, are worried about offending NyQuil's competitor who could be paying for ads on The Simpsons. We could have been drugging Homer in that scene. <laughs> uh, I think, too, Dan is playing Homer a lot cuter in this than he usually does as baby Homer. It is very cute. They're asking all the <laughs> yeah. questions. And Jay Spread, is that him, too? Like, there's an extra, like, curl to it. Or I don't know exactly how to say it, but... Whenever, it's funny that whenever there is a baby, uh, sorry, uh, like, toddler or a very, very uh, young child, Homer, and adult Abe, uh, Homer always has a deeper voice than Abe, no matter what age he's at. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, he Homer in this clip sounds younger than he does in clip of him at Woodstock. Like he's playing yeah. it very differently than the voice he gave him at Woodstock. And yeah, also the uh, the description of the artificial kidney that's pretty good too. That's the beer can with a whistle on it. <laughs> <laughs> what Marge isn't saying here is that she's like, I don't care if you're scared. You killed Abe, so you have to give him a kidney. Otherwise, you have let your father die. Like the giving him one kidney is the least he can do to give to Abe, you know. Uh, also, the weird inset joke that like sumo a, babies TV show sumo babies, yeah, and that it's hit a hundred, two hundred episodes. But it just feels like a joke about Simpsons hitting two hundred episodes. I guess. Yeah, that's not a great achievement. Yeah, I don't know what the joke is with sumo babies. It's a very random yeah. uh, title. I can't tell if it's a joke about. I mean, they will have a joke pretty soon about mid season and like Admiral Baby or whatever. So maybe there was just this feeling of like it's the baby shows are happening too much now uh it was a spate of ba- i don't remember too many baby shows in i really don't either though. yeah what was the show with the talking baby the family, guy? Two ah. <laughs> family guy <laughs> i think it was called bob oh yeah there's bob, and there's so. one before it called baby talk i think and it was i think it was part of the look who's talking craze Oh. Like try, like Look Who's Talking was a popular movie, so let's make a TV show that's like it. I remember Baby the Look Bob. Who's that was the second one. Baby Bob. Baby yeah, Bob was, was like yeah. the. Uh, God, I hate that it's called Baby Bob, but I, I think I that like that was in like the two thousand. Yeah, it was, and that baby was like the spokesperson for like a car insurance company or something oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was like the insurance baby or whatever. Or like a stock trading baby instead. That was definitely part of the age of um, commercials turning into ads. Like same, same with uh, the caveman show as well. Mm. Homer uh, decides he's going to go there, and then he uh, we head to the hospital. And I got to say, kind of a lame joke uh, as they enter the hospital here. Doc Martens to podiatry. Liability yeah. waiver. Don't read it, just sign it. Yeah, but all these skulls and crossbones on here, I don't usually sign stuff like that. It simply says you won't hold us responsible if you die as a result of gross negligence. It's a standard form. I love you, son. I love you, Dad. 
Now, don't you fellas worry. This will all be over soon. And what the... <laughs> we gotta get rid of that window. Where'd he go? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry to go back to Baby Bob, but uh, so yes. no one corrects us. That baby was the spokes baby of uh, freeinternet.com. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes, okay. I had to check because I'm like, it was something very weird. Freeinternet.com. Man, that's... Why didn't the pets.com... How do you get to it if you don't have the internet yet? Uh, <laughs> you have to ask uh, the library. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, pet, the pets.com dog, he got to come back, though. I... Yeah, but he didn't get a talk show. He needs, like, a, a revival now. <laughs> Remember that classic scene of him on Good Morning America? Oh, God. God. Right after Disney bought Pets.com, that, was that that happened. Really happened. Oh, jeez! Yeah, yeah. I thought you were kidding. No, it's. Uh, I don't know if it was Michael Ian Be- Black playing the dog that day, but uh, I think 9/11 destroyed the memory of the Pets.com <laughs> dog. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, there's so there's some good things about 9/11. Though, <laughs> <in that way. laughs> we uh, needed I'm Baby sorry. Bob to heal. <laughs> uh, the joke I thought that sucked is that Doc Martens joke. That, yeah. that feels like a sub Mad Magazine joke, like Doc Martens. <laughs> Diapity, just like me. No. Hey, that's a weird besmirch of Mad Magazine, Henry. I said sub Mad Magazine. <laughs> yeah. Like below Mad Magazine would be like, uh, come on, you don't think they'd have that gag of like in snappy comebacks to witty, uh, to rude, whatever. <laughs> Let, let's snappy answers. I would accept sub crack. Yeah. Fine. Snappy answers to stupid questions. That's you Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> and the next episode uh, is Married to the Mob, correct? Yes. There will be another inconvenient window there. Yeah, they, this was an inconvenient window era of the show, wasn't it? I do like in, in like an operating room, there is a sort of uh, regular house window with drapes yes, and a windowsill. It's open. Yeah. In a very controlled environment where you don't want cross-contamination of germs. They like, we should have an open way. I, you, I guess you could think Homer opened the window to leave and maybe they didn't leave it open. But still, that window shouldn't be there, which was what makes it even funnier when Hibbert says, why do we have this window? Yeah, that's like the fireplace in their bedroom. Like how everyone <laughs> sometimes has a fireplace to just throw stuff into it. That feels like a joke that like people would make in the writer's room. Like Dana Gould would be like, well, like if so, like if you made a joke that bombed, he'd just like open a pretend window and climb out. <laughs> and someone would be like, why do we have that window? And uh, the, the old-timey stuff doesn't then because Homer escapes on a push cart. Love that. I love that. <laughs> no, man. That's a very Schwarzweiler joke. Yeah, they, they mentioned how the seeing the the cart there reminds them of oh brother where art thou which it was newish at the time of the recording of the commentary and they say like that is a film made for john schwartzwelder like it is truly is that's so funny because it's also very funny and weird and said in that period i bet he's never seen it because i bet he doesn't watch any movie made after like 1965 (laughs) yeah i guess so maybe uh maybe one of his hipper friends is like no seriously john let's go see this movie you'll love it uh, that I, I've never, man, I haven't gone to an old West town, but I have gone at least once to a gold mine, like an old timey gold mine, uh, because you'll find them all over the place in the California area. But the one I went to, I think I did stand on one of those mine carts, but you couldn't push it or move it around. I, I would bet it takes a lot of effort to move yeah. it even once. Homer should not be able to do that mm. himself. I just played the, uh, Sega arcade game. 
what was it called magical cart or something like that do you remember that game that you actually like pumped the oh yeah the oh yeah, yeah yeah i've seen that at the um the wonderful classic gaming expo california extreme i've, I've played that a few times we those... had it at my local Chuck E. cheese when i oh, was a cool. kid. We play it there a lot they didn't have those good enough games when i was at Chuck E. cheese i was happy just to play um the the, the hockey player game where it was like it was like foosball but for hockey players oh air oh, hockey like dome no. over top of it i love oh. those well no because it had little hockey guys who uh, hit the puck around. It's it's not air hockey. hockey. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, there's a name for that. Table hockey. I don't know. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody, tell us. I know uh, you're talking about. It. It's like yeah. foosball with hockey players. And and yeah, it, like it's no fun. Just like foosball. <laughs> well, <laughs> though the difference between it and foosball, yeah, Matt mentioned too that it has a dome over it, so you can't steal the puck or whatever. Mess mm-hmm. with the guys because I think the guys are a little more delicate than the um, you know. Hard bar of men that are in foosball. <laughs> Boy, that sounded different. As I said it, I was like, wait a minute, what am I saying? <laughs> yeah, my Chuck E. Cheese owned. We had that. We had a Wild Safari, which that game was cool. It had a lot of extra levers and stuff to play with. You know, friend of the show, uh, Scott Gardner, they, their podcast, The Ride, about Chuck E. Cheese is a really good one. I learned yeah, a yeah. lot about the characters. <laughs> I, uh, I actually, this is true. I put off listening to that episode for a little bit because I was like, they're just going to make fun of bowling for soup. And then I turn it on. Of course they did. Oh, yeah. But I, what, what are you going to expect? I'm expecting it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... I like bowling for soup. <laughs> oh, 30. boy. I went to, uh, I was in Vancouver recently, and for some reason that 1985 song came on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate it as much as uh, Kokomo. And then, uh, thanks to the friend of the show, Nina Matsumoto, you can, I found out you can interchange the lyrics oh, for both right. songs. That's they both, right. They both are like a list of things. <laughs> yeah. We gave you back-to-back 1985 and Kokomo at that uh, karaoke. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that Kokomo video was, uh, was the weirdest video. That was the one with all of the sexy 80s bikini girls in oh, it. Oh, yeah. With their very uh, long butt uh, thongs, <laughs> as we called them in that video. I think at the Muppets one. Isn't that also the? Didn't they do that again? Oh, with the Muppets, they, the Muppets did song? Kokomo as well. Yeah, but yeah, but we did a karaoke one that just had a uh, one of those classic original to karaoke videos. I love them. They were oh, all sure, yeah. they were all filmed between 1987 and 1992. <laughs> <laughs> Whether they were made in Japan or America, they have the same aesthetic of just like wacky non-union actors doing the exact thing that lyrics are saying and just stealing mm-hmm. shots outside. Yes, yeah. no one has permits to film anywhere. They're all in a park. Everybody does these things in fun parks. Yeah. We were doing that once with like 50 people in a room at a a place that was Korean and it was all Korean uh, shots from Korea with like Korean text on it, no matter what language you're singing in. And somebody did Kiss from a Rose and a friend of mine went, there better be a Korean Batman in this one. There wasn't. Aww. There was there was once I love when the karaoke videos take the metaphors and songs very literally. Like I remember being mm-hmm. karaoke and uh, the song uh, had the word king in it. I think it was like the king of wishful thinking or whatever. Mm-hmm. And of course, the video is about a king, oh, a yeah. man walking <laughs> around in like a party world uh, outfit with a king hat on and a cape. Uh, Sorry, yeah, I have to say king hat. <laughs> yeah, we uh, when we did that Queen song uh, as well as like it it starts with. A oh. poor boy who Bohemian has Rhapsody, the, yeah. Yeah. He goes like, I'm just a poor boy, I have no sympathy. And in, when he's apologizing to his mother, the guy's calling his mom on the phone because he just killed a man. Like that. Uh 
so when I've gone to the doctor and signed these liability waivers, I do think of moments like this. Mm. Like it's not, it does seem crazy that uh, before they operate it on you, they can say like, well, you have to sign a waiver that says if we kill you, you have no resource. It's your fault. Yeah. Which I, you know, I get it from the doctor's standpoint. They have to be worried about overly litigious people as well who can just say, you messed up this operation. I'm in constant pain. Give me your money. So I get that they're uh, they're worried about it as well, but it just I always think about it like, well, what if you fuck up? Like like doctors doctors can just lie to you. I my problem has been trusting doctors too much, be and thinking like, but their their oath wouldn't let them lie to me about my <laughs> treatment. The fear overtakes Homer. He runs away. Uh, this was a very short second act. Uh, Homer it was yeah. And then they resume the third act with Homer on the minecart. I feel like they could have ended the act with Homer going out to sea and had a normal length, like, and then resume when he's at sea. But I guess they, the the punch of Homer running away is a pretty good one for yeah. an act break. I guess it's more funny than the mystery of like, where is Homer going on this boat? Yeah, especially when the boat um, leads to where the cul-de-sac that it leads to. <laughs> but first, we, I, I also, because of the placement of the commercial, I do like that. Homer has been pushing that minecart the entire uh, act uh, off of the rails, so he is destroying the asphalt on the street. Tremendous upper body strength on Homer. Yeah, and the great animation on the parallel parking, too. Uh, and then Homer uh, Homer is full of shame for what he has done, and so there's only one place for him to go. <gasps> I can live at sea. The sea forgives all. I like those mean old mountains. I hate them so much. (laughs) (laughs) He won't stand for this. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. I'm fleeing in shame, and I'd like to look my best. Um, Can I be a mate on your ship? Preferably first mate. Well, if you look closely, you'll see this is a taffy shop shaped like a ship. Oh, I like taffy, but I don't deserve taffy. Those sailors have seen a lot, but they're disgusted at the sight of Homer's ass. <laughs> Though I always wonder how he even affords all those clothes, because uh, like he's all he's wearing is his hospital gown. He has no money. He probably shook down Handsome Pete. Ah, I see. All those yeah. nickels. We do get to see Handsome Pete eating a sandwich yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it's a, just a literal giant fish in a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I swear, I never saw Handsome Pete in this until uh, going over this episode so closely. I was like, oh, they drew him back in. That's great. I mean, Handsome Pete is one of their greatest one-off joke characters. Truly. A quarter. (laughs) I think uh, Mike B. Anderson took credit for that. It's like, I made sure we drew him in there because uh, this is where Handsome Pete lives. He lives at the seafront. Homer's pronouncement that the sea forgives all is that just, as as all this sailor stuff came in, uh, in my first viewing as a kid, I feel like I rem- I remember it as me going. Really, the ocean? What? What, what does this have to do with a kidney thing? Like it's, it, I, yeah. it's, it's one thing for Simpsons to have a first act that has nothing to do with Acts two and three, but to have a third act that also doesn't have much to do with the second act—that's a little crazy. Homer leaves just to go into a, a different sketch. Yeah, just like I'm going to visit the sketch world for two minutes <laughs> and see where this takes me. Uh, also, man, there's so many great taffy shops all through San Francisco. If you want some great saltwater taffy, mm. good stuff. A lot of them, if you go to them, 
they'll just give you a free sample. Like you'll have to, you'll fill up on taffy while you're there before you consider even buying taffy. And I think uh, even fancy saltwater taffy, by my fourth piece, I feel like I never want to eat taffy. Your jaw hurts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all taffied out. Uh, As all this is going on, Grandpa is having some very sad scenes. Actually, right before this scene is this uh, brief one with Abe um, knowing he's about to die. (laughs) I can't imagine Dad running away like this, leaving his father to die. Even I wouldn't do that, and I'm America's bad boy. It's a heartbreaking situation. (laughs) Am I dead yet? No. How about now? No. No? I'll tell you when you're dead, Grandpa. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, Grandpa's very cute and sad in this episode. He's uh, he's never been brought lower, I think, than in this episode, at least to date. I mean, be- begging to be told when you're dead like that, that's uh, what a dark place he's <laughs> in. And uh, I also like that Bart, uh, in a very Newsweek way, calls himself America's bad boy. I like that. Uh, and then the next scene after that with Abe is also it feels reminiscent of Homer's triple bypass of Krusty coming in to cheer him up. Oh yeah, but you'll get the uh, vroom vroom thud <laughs> thud. Same <laughs> uh, makeup. Yeah, oh, yeah, all all those classic lines. Yeah, though this this little bit here with Krusty and Abe is pretty funny, and Krusty and Abe pretty much never share scenes together, so it's a fresh combo. Hey hey, Krusty here to cheer you up as part of the hospital's last laugh program. Last laugh. So, how about that hospital food, huh? I wouldn't know. I'm not allowed to eat. Okay. Let's have a look at the old chart. Oh, boy. Looks like we're both short on time. So I'll go to the big finish. You are so beautiful. Do me. Feel better. Come back. Doctors. <laughs> oh, I just I love that comeback doctor. Yeah, he thinks he's a doctor the whole time. I mean, they they are kind of reusing the joke from Homer Triple Bypass, but also I was thinking like, when did Patch Adams come out? The Robin Williams movie? Uh, uh in five days it'll be out. Oh, okay. So this joke will get you ready. So maybe they knew it was happening, that story was being turned into a movie, but I think mm. it's just unrelated. I mean, uh, joking do- uh, joking clowns in the hospital where they they were a constant long before Robin Williams most saccharine bullshit of a movie. No offense Robin Williams <laughs> RIP. Uh but that that is that I think that is his worst movie of all the ones he's mm, done. Maybe. <laughs> uh and though Philip Seymour Hoffman is pretty good in that movie though. Yeah, he was in that. He was the the mean guy who's like, you shouldn't make children laugh. I hate fun. <laughs> Laughter is wrong. (laughs) Uh, But actually, even the pacing of that from Homer's Triple Bypass, Krusty jumps into the room. Both Homer and Abe react as like they're about to have a heart attack. And then Krusty's like, hey, no, I'm here to cheer you up. Like both, both, except in Homer's Triple Bypass, Krusty goes like, oh, my grotesque appearance. Yes. But, <laughs> uh, but yes, poor pitiful Abe thinks he's a real doctor. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, Homer finally finds a ship that he can apply for. I like how high he shoots first at the taffy shop he wants to be first mate. And then 
on uh, the next ship, he's like, I could be the the captain. I should be in charge of this ship. I've never been on a boat before, but I should be the captain. He's been near the taffy shop shaped like a boat. <laughs> he even knows it's a tramp steamer, though, which does feel like extra informed for Homer to know a type of ship. It's one of those Homer knows something he shouldn't jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Homer is getting more than he bargained for on this ship. Uh, I'd like to apply for a job. Any job. If you don't have a captain, I could be that. What <laughs> other ships have you been on? I've been on that one. The taffy shop. Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard. The ship of lost souls. The name on the back says Honey Bunch. Yeah, I've been meaning to paint over that. Now come and meet the rest of the damned. Did I mention they're lost souls? Well, actually, you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I now kind of like the turn in the story this takes because this episode is just a bunch of uh, sketches about things mm-hmm. and uh, the way a lot of great episodes are. Uh, I don't think this is a great one, but I do like, I think this is the best part of it. This little set piece mm-hmm. with these weird, like, 40s movie characters gathered together to tell their stories. Yeah. I wish we could have, I wish the entire third act. Actually, I wish the second act would have ended with Homer getting on the boat, and I wanted to spend more time with these characters because we only get like one story. Yeah, yeah, I I like them a lot. I well, I like first that McAllister introduces it as the Lost Souls, and the way he goes yar mm-hmm. yar, like he has nothing else to say back to it. But uh, yeah, when you say sketch, like to know that this was this whole bit was added in by George Meyer, I think, because they realized they relied on it. Or they maybe they replaced another scene. But when you know it's from George Meyer, who was a prolific 80s, late 80s SNL writer, this is such an 80s SNL scene. I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, Homer doesn't even be Homer. This could mm-hmm. be a scene of, like, three characters telling their stories out of, like, a big group. And, like, Phil Hartman is there. Yeah. And Julia Sweeney is there. Yeah. And one person has a very, like, boring story. And they're disgusted by him. The sketch ends with them throwing him overboard or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, like, this... it, would be the, it would be the guest. Yes, Tom like, Hanks. Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, <laughs> they would they would be Homer, and the rest of the cast would be. Pl- I mean, I would guess um, John Lovitz. Let's see, Victoria Jackson would be the woman, the uh, the the woman in the wedding dress. Yeah, Lovitz uh, would do a Peter Laurie. Yeah, I'd that. see him as Peter. All right, well, I think Dana Carvey might be Peter Laurie. Yeah, that fits. <laughs> but it is. It could be a great premise for an SNL sketch. Totally, absolutely. That's why I want to yeah. hear um, or like it needs to be three stories and then Homer. Yeah, and then they all reject him after that. But yeah, I, well, the scene could even start with the honey bunch sequence of just like Tom Hanks gets saved and he's told he's on the bu- the ship of lost souls. <laughs> I also, I do like the, the pacing of that gag that he's like, it's the ship of lost souls. Actually, it says honey bunch. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> but did I tell you it's the ship of lost souls? Yeah, you just did. Oh, Yar. <laughs> like the Homer pointing out that it was Honey Bunch ruined his whole patter, and then he fucks up and goes back to repeat himself. I still posit that in this uh, f- fake SNL sketch we're writing, the celebrity guest is a sports star because mm-hmm. he just says like one line and is thrown off the boat. So it's probably like, uh, let's say Patrick Ewing mm-hmm. in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, the Patrick Ewing episode. Yeah. I, I, I just made that up, and I'm sure he's on an SNL. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of Charles Barkley. Yeah. Definitely he was on. And Michael Jordan. 
and Gretzky. Alonzo Mourning. Was Bo Jackson on one? I oh, can't I'm sure remember. he was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the Who only way. The football player that everyone credits as like the only good uh, SNL sports host. Because that used to be a lot more of a thing than it is these days. Mm. And uh, there was one that everyone was like, he was the good one. Was it Tom Brady? Mm. I think it might have been. Tom Brady. I is such a Peyton Manning. I'm thinking of Peyton Manning. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 For years, people are like Peyton Manning's the one good sports SNL host. And then I finally watched that episode when I was like really becoming an SNL nerd. And I was like, no, I I don't (laughs) agree. I think this is also boring and not as good. I think uh, the other ones, I think if you're grading on the sports curve, he's better than most, but that's true. uh, And now Charles Barkley's done it like many times. And people Mm -hmm. consider him like, a reasonably fine host. I mean, I think people consider him a pretty good host. I'm not a big fan of his episodes, but well, he's done it the uh, the swimming guy was terrible. The uh, Michael Phelps. Phelps, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, that was terrible. So bad. Like, the, yeah. For a second, I was thinking of Seth MacFarlane as Ryan Lochte, which he did. <laughs> oh man, bad. I'm remembering one that was, of uh, that was funny. Remembering one of Barkley's uh, first appearances. It's it's the most '90s sketch ever. Where what if Charles Barkley? played basketball against barney the dinosaur oh, god <laughs> it would go something like this uh, yeah. and he yelled at everybody in real life that's a story that oh I that's heard. right yeah i remember that one he yelled at uh, wally the cue card guy well that also is the that's the source of that classic photograph of charles barkley with nirvana oh my yeah. god you're right <laughs> jesus christ uh now i do remember i liked michael jordan's episode or at least him doing the douche commercial that was oh, that yeah. was funny I yeah, like that's fun. the joke that he'd do any commercial. Yeah, I think uh, Peyton Manning, I mean, he seemed funnier than others, but uh, Wayne Gretzky certainly was not a good one. That's that's for no. sure. But yeah, you know, this, this whole sequence here is a really good SNL sketch. Mm-hmm. Another Los Soles joined our world weary ensemble. Hey, who are you guys? <laughs> who are we? No one. Where are we sailing? Nowhere. Do we even exist? Who knows? Let me off this thing. Oh, don't listen to him. We exist all right. We wander the seven seas trying to forget. Forget what? Oh, boy, here we go. My story of jilted love is long and bittersweet. If anyone has to go to the bathroom, go now. I don't want you walking around during my story. My story's better. It has tigers. I was born into wretched poverty. So one day, I stole a loaf of bread, put it in the freezer until it was very hard, then robbed a bank with it. (gasps) (laughs) Uh, I love the term where you think it's a a story of tragedy where she is uh, uh, stealing a loaf of bread ruins her life and she's in prison. (laughs) But no, she uses the stolen bread to rob a bank. Uh, That's so so funny to think of threatening people with a frozen loaf of bread, of all things. I love that the the guy gives the very mysterious line to Homer of like, do we even exist? Who knows? And then Homer has to be assured, like, no, we exist. (laughs) Woo, okay. (laughs) It does feel like just a dream, you know? I think, actually, I'd change that actress to Nora Dunn in this scene. I see. Or... Mm. uh, Hmm. <laughs> no wait the one who just passed away uh, jan hooks jan hooks actually jan hooks should play this one mm. yes yeah on uh, the commentary meyer is too defensive about that or not uh, too apologetic not defensive yeah yeah i mean when i first saw this I, I was like what the hell is happening but now i appreciate it i think it's the highlight of the episode yeah i think so too i think it's uh just a really funny scene that you know does it say anything about being guilty of of, uh, of a kidney transplant no doesn't really do much for that story but 
Uh, and also that it looks it looks really good, which is impressive because they uh, Mike B. Anderson, the director on the commentary, says this was such a late edition that they had less than a week to lay it out wow. and to make this wow. scene. Yeah, it yeah. Uh, that's too much pressure, honestly, for their poor animators. It's a nice break from the very sad, upsetting, angry, <laughs> yes. uh, cruel episode. For once, you're not thinking about an old man uh, in horrible pain. Yeah, the, and, and also to know that they laid it out in a week, this has a lot of original character designs in it, too. It does. <laughs> There's like five or six people on mm-hmm. the ship with Homer. Yeah, yeah. You got uh, you got Peter Laurie, the tiger stabber, the Miss Haversham type lady, the um, accordion guy, and the black guy who doesn't say anything. So, yeah, you got five... Mm-hmm. Five guys there in this. Uh, the lost souls should have returned in uh, in another appearance. I really think so. They're probably in Simpsons tapped out. Every character's in <laughs> that. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I also like uh, in the second clip here, we find out what the guy's story was. But I love that he is saying, oh, my story. He's, he's priming Homer. He's like, my story has a tiger in it. And you think it's going to be a fun story, but it's the then he says, like, I'm a tiger stabber, which like <laughs> sounds like he just stabbed a, a poor tiger that was not attacking At him. At the zoo or something. Yes, yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so let's hear the second half of our Lost Souls scene. And when Mr. Tinkley saw what I had done, I was banned from the car wash forever. Forever? <laughs> How awful. I would have killed Tinkley for that. Yes, you can see we're a contemptible lot of cads, bounders, and tiger stabbers. Come, stranger, <laughs> join our circle of infamy. Tell us your story of ennui. Well, back on land, my name was Homer Simpson. And I guess it is here, too. <laughs> I promised my dad one of my kidneys, but I chickened out at the last minute and left him on his deathbed. Good Lord! Oh, how could you? I think I'm going to be sick. I stole this accordion from a blind monkey. But you! <laughs> you disgust even me! Well, yeah, I know. time i trust the strangest people on earth <laughs> that is like the blackout line on the sketch too. you're right it's you're perfect totally and right. it's like fade yeah. out uh, you see them pulling the, yeah. the fake boat away you start up the the ge smith guitar riff after uh, tom yeah. hanks or wayne gretzky says that line uh though they wouldn't have delivered it as well as dan castellanetta does here god i love that line that's why that's the last time i trust the strangest people on earth God damn. And so Homer swims back to shore. They've killed Homer here, yeah. too. Like, he's throwing someone <laughs> overboard is a death sentence in just about every case. Homer's not doing himself any favors with him either, the way he describes killing his dad. But I guess he's he thinks, like, well, as long as we're all being honest here, mm-hmm. I did this. And that's that's when they're finally disgusted about it. His soul is too lost for them. I mean, stealing from a blind monkey is is bad, but it's not leaving your father to die. <laughs> or monkey humor, too. Uh, yeah, you're right, yeah. I mean, of course, an uh, accordion-playing monkey, that's just a hilarious image you get in your head anyway. Uh, and <laughs> they also bring up the on the commentary that I never noticed uh, it, but 
they're all voiced by Dan. Every man in that scene yeah, is Dan. Yeah, that's right. Wow. So he's really working overtime. Maybe with this, if this was a late edition, the only guy who was in town that week was Dan. That is probably it. <laughs> like Dan seems the most ready to play ball. Yeah, with voice acting. Yeah, I mean, in the um, regrettable digital Simpson shorts that are happening these days, I think the only male voice actor in it is Dan. I think he's playing most of the voices in it. Uh, Anyway, I don't. <laughs> want, let's uh, let's think of happier things like Abe's sepsis, septic shock instead. Uh, but yes, Homer. It feels like a very cheap emotional turn of like they need a moment where Homer decides he's going to improve, and so he just steps on a sandcastle with that kid. It. I mean, it's it's cute and all that Homer's first step is to destroy that sandcastle uh, from the people who inspired him. And we just saw him destroy a sandcastle in When oh. You Dish Upon a Star, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Homer, Homer hates sandcastles. It's, I mean, it's a funny thing to destroy. It's, it takes a lot of work and a second to destroy. The best sandcastle I built was just like a overturned bucket of sand. There was no mm. sculpting. Just like there you go. There's a castle. <laughs> Did you at least make a moat? It's more of a sand dome. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's that was my favorite part of it. it. Yeah. You just make a dome. It was really about digging holes and filling it with water. That was my favorite part of the beach. But then the beach just sucks up your water because it's basically a sponge. <laughs> Uh, good beach times. Uh, and fortunately, no, no lout ever walked through my thing after almost drowning. I would have thanked him for kicking my castle over. <laughs> uh, and so Homer returns to save Abe. I don't really. Do you get the if there's a reference here of Doctor Bombay come right away? Like oh, uh, that's a that's the other like I, ADR gag. I missed I missed that gag. I missed that gag. It's said by the Doc Martens woman. It's like the the second one of those jokes uh, in there. I'm sure it's something, I, but I I don't know what it's a reference to. The music they're playing is the music they always play, which is from like, Ben Casey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, again, a show I'd have no idea existed were it not used by The Simpsons as a free song that I guess Fox must have owned or something, which now Disney owns like it owns everything. <laughs> so Homer arrives. I do like his uh, the screaming sequence is OK. The funniest bit is that he screams loudest when he's running towards what he's afraid of. I do like that, which, uh, you know, it's an identifiable fear. I'm I'm afraid of surgery. I don't like the doctor at all. It really <laughs> sucks. Like. And especially something that would only risk my life for, what, a shitty old dad? No, thank you. <laughs> we get a little gag with uh, Lovejoy I, uh, and hate of Catholics. Like, I like uh, this season, really, they got in trouble already with Marge uh, saying she's not going Catholic because uh, she doesn't want to have uh, any more kids. That pissed off the Catholic League. This probably didn't make them any happier. And then... In a couple uh, weeks after this episode, a few weeks after this episode aired, there's the Super Bowl episode with the Catholic Church. We've made a few changes. Gag, if you remember that one. They're really digging in on the Catholics. <laughs> I think that's Scully. I think he was raised Catholic, and he's like, man, fuck this. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of a Midwestern you know, Presbyterian or whatever Al Jean was, or a uh, non-believer like Dave Merkin and Bill Oakley, or Jewish guys <laughs> uh, like Weinstein and... Uh, Josh Weinstein Josh is Jewish? And Mike Reese. <laughs> Instead of all that, now we finally got a Catholic in charge of Simpsons to make fun of Catholicism. Before the clip, because it's our job to get jokes, I found the meaning of the Dr. Bombay. Oh, and Henry, good. if you check your Twitter, kind of sent you a link to a one-minute video that if you play it, it is from the show Bewitched. Oh, and that's what the reference is from. I see. Dr. Bombay. Calling Dr. Bombay. Emergency. Come right away. 
Oh, there you go. Well, there it is. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that until wow. I just typed it into Google and I found wow. that the first link was a YouTube video of her talking to Dr. Bombay. I should have Googled a that character. a long time ago, man. But that's from Color Bewitched. I don't like Color Bewitched as much. I, uh, black and white. I mean, that's when they get rid of Dick. Uh, they replace Darren's. And I. there's only one Darren for me, guys. That's Dick yeah, York. Yeah, which Dick is that? <laughs> York uh, or Sergeant? Yeah, York was first, then Sergeant. Yeah. Okay. I got him confused. It, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they replaced, they replaced him not because they fired him, but because he had, you know, many health problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, thank you, Bob, for finally, we understand that. I knew we'd be corrected and I can't stand it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yes, Homer is here to save the day. Aren't you going to give him the last rites? That's Catholic, Marge. You might as well ask me to do a voodoo dance. Dr. Hibbert, I thought you'd located another kidney for Grandpa. Larry Hagman took it. He's got five of them now. And three hearts. We didn't want to give them to him, but he overpowered us. Don't worry about old Grandpa. I'm going to a better place. Shelbyville Hospital! Oh, who am I kidding? I'm a goner. Oh, you're not dead. It's like Abe knew he was making a joke, and then he's like, "Well, but enough joking. I'm not like that." Yeah. So a clever joke by his uh, by Abe there intentionally. <laughs> yes, Larry Hagman. Uh, he did. He got a liver transplant in 1995. That's oh, what the joke is about okay. there. Not not a kidney, but just he was a famous uh, actor who got organs. The, who got organs? <laughs> they said in 1995 he did not get it because of his celebrity status. That he got uh, it from the an- uh, anonymous list. He wanted it more. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, and he would appear on The Simpsons in season 17. Uh, oh shit! Which uh, would happen before he passed away in 2012 from uh, can- throat cancer, I believe it was. When I worked at a, uh, believe it or not, I worked at a real estate magazine in Santa Fe, New Mexico, for about <laughs> a month before I moved to California. Wow. And my job as a temp, I made 27 bucks an hour in hey, 2010, which was nice, bad, yeah. more than yeah. I ever made in my life at that point. But my job was to write up descriptions of uh, multi, multi, multi-million dollar houses for this real estate magazine. And in order to do that, I would just give them pictures because mm. they're not, they're not going to let some bum like me walk through the house and see what it looks like. <laughs> and one of the Drag houses... dog shit throughout the exactly, house. Exactly. Stink up the place. Possibly steal light fixtures. <laughs> but uh, one of the houses that I had to write a description for was Larry Hagman's uh, oh, house he was selling. Wow. And that was one of the things we had to highlight. Like, this is Larry fucking Hagman's house. <laughs> you're getting JR's house. Like, that's what you're getting for this. <laughs> and I made a joke to... Uh, the very upper class people I work with, I, I was gonna, I made a joke like, I'm gonna put in the copy now. You can shoot Jr. All, all for yourself. <laughs> and they're like, what? How can they? Oh, man, come on. And then it's like, I'm, no, I'm not threatening this client. I, I just was making a Dallas joke. <laughs> uh, you should have at least said, like, remember when they shot Mr. Burns? Remember that? These one? people were like all 60 year old men who worked uh, at Santa Fe and made like $700,000 a year. They didn't care about The Simpsons. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, if they didn't get Dallas, they're not getting The Simpsons. Yeah, that's true. Homer uh, seems to save the day, as they rightly point out on the commentary. Viewers know that you can't trust a maudlin moment with Homer, that it's not actually going to happen. Or with Mike Scully. Yeah, or with Mike Scully. You, you're just, by this point, I think I was distrusting it, too. Even I didn't know how much longer, even if I didn't know how much longer was left in the episode, I would have said to myself, like, there's definitely one more twist here. Homer isn't going to actually hold his father's hand and be like, I'm saving your life, Dad, and I love you. Like, 
that definitely wouldn't happen. But yes, Homer refuses to uh, to help one more time. The way I behaved was shameful. I guess fear made me run away, but love made me come back. Bless you, son. <laughs> I knew you'd come through for me. Now, Homer, this may sting just a tiny bit, but... <laughs> oh, son of a... Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, dear. That's... He's waking up. Oh, homie, I'm so glad you're all right. Try not to move, Dad. You swallowed a lot of motor oil. I'm sorry I ran off again. Oh, I guess Dad must be dead by now. When I get better, and after I built those shelves for the kitchen, we'll visit his grave. (laughs) Grave nothing! I never felt more alive! Ha <laughs> ha! Oh boy, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that uh, the car falling on Homer was uh, just a loud laugh in my apartment when that happened. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have time to be relieved. He's like, boy, I slam yes. the car falls off uh, of the car carrier and, and falls it's right into brutal. Homer. Brutal! Like it yeah. truly yeah. crushes him. He's dead. He like. disappears <laughs> underneath the car. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's lucky that seemingly it only broke his skull and arms and legs. Like that's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Homer horribly mangled there. That that gag is so it it does hit you like a truck. That gag so quickly. Like especially I was just caught up in the North by Northwest reference. Yeah. of the guy almost being hit by the car. Homer even moves like Cary Grant does in the film. Uh, but then, as you're thinking about it, a car just slides off the top and crushes him. God, and and also, it feels like a classic egg to have Hans Moleman operating one of those things. Like it, it's felt like a long time since we've seen a Hans gag like that. There's a bunch of like, what are they bricks on the gas pedal? Or yeah, some, something like tied to the gas pedal so his <laughs> tiny foot can reach it. <laughs> and also, what causes Homer to run away is the idea idea of a small pinch when he's getting a shot like that's what puts him back over the edge to run away one more time uh and this is where the episode crosses over into truly cruel for me when Mm. like before homer's scared of a thing happening to him and he runs away now that it did happen it didn't matter to him. He wa- he didn't have to experience it. And he still is mad and wants to fight his father to get his kidney back. <laughs> That's where it becomes like, I think I hate this episode at that point. After- where like before I'm like, Homer's just an idiot. He's He's a coward, but he'll figure it out and he'll eventually help his dad. But like all the things he does in this episode leading up to now and then this happening, <laughs> this is like the worst of what's wrong with later Simpsons to me. After the entire family and the doctor are complicit in stealing an organ from Homer, I'm just like, mm-hmm. well, who is truly the bad guy here? <laughs> it's yeah. hard to say. Uh, well, you know, if we're talking on the legality of that. I did consider like Marge as the wife could have power of attorney over yeah. that. or She could be the one who could make that decision. I yeah. mean, it's funnier to me if Hibbert just said, like, fuck this asshole. We're stealing his kidney and saving this guy. Uh, it's funnier if he just made an executive decision to steal a kidney. But, uh, you know, if you if you want to think of the legal way it could have been done, Marge decided. But, uh, yeah, also by this ending, one thing that cuts away the sentimentality of it is everybody forgets that 
Homer owes him a kidney because he killed him. Like, he destroyed his kidneys. The least he can do is give him one. Nobody remembers that in this scene. Homer just treats it like, well, I gave you a kidney for some unknown reason, and now you've stolen it from me, and I'm mad. Like, that... It's just, uh, if you forget that background to it, which I guess they feel like the audience has been taking on such a ride, maybe they don't remember. Yeah, no character reminds Homer, like, no, Homer, we're giving Grandpa your kidney because you ruined his. Yes, you you, uh, you blew up both of his kidneys. Uh, <laughs> now, what I do like in this scene is that Homer will visit Abe's grave, but only after he builds those shelves, which he's probably never going to build <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> I do like that. And Abe kicking up his heels and then immediately regretting it i like that gag too like it's it feels like uh his rib broke just like uh burns his rib that always breaks i guess that line uh i'll visit his grave after i build those shelves it implies he's not even going to the funeral oh yes yeah uh, <laughs> or maybe he thinks he's been unconscious so long that they must have buried uh, him yeah, already that could be it too i mean well i guess they could just put him in a wheelchair and get him to the funeral. his injury can't really prevent you from going to a funeral i suppose yes uh we get our happy ending it's a miracle! You recovered! What? <laughs> what? Hey! While we were setting your broken bones and putting your blood back in, we helped ourselves to a kidney and gave it to your father. You butcher! Give it back! Give me that! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> It's out that door, you... I'll get my kidney back, old man. You have to sleep sometime. I know you're a little peeved at Grandpa, Dad, but you've done a wonderful thing. Yes, you've shortened your life significantly so someone else can have a slight extension of theirs. Yeah, I guess you're right. Give me a hug. I don't need two kidneys. I have everything I need right here. Dad... Tickling me. Yes, tickling. I like how on the commentary, even Mike Scully, the showrunner, agrees, I ruined that joke. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't give the audience enough credit. It takes too long. Like, they... Homer squeezing Bart is a callback to the squeeze earlier. We know what he's referring to. It could have ended with an, I think it should have ended with an ominous thing on, um, I got everything I need right here. And then just like the sound of him squishing Bart's kidney and then like an ominous thing and then go to the credits. Instead of like, we get two more jokes to explain. It's like, dad, you're tickling me. Yes, tickling. And then we Mm. see like a zoom in on Bart's face. Like there's like, goes like three steps too far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, Also, Bart wouldn't have that. Re- normally i wouldn't hear bart give a reaction like haha you're tickling me like that that sounds too childish for bart usually more too. of a lisa line yeah uh, but it's just to set up a, a joke we all get the second he starts squeezing him yeah i yeah. think i'm glad at least scully can admit like yeah we we didn't trust the audience enough there like i think you know on, on commentaries or even on our uh patreon exclusive interview with mike scully he he's the first to admit of like yeah i got a few regrets you know you rewatch yeah. episodes and you think we could have worked harder on that or done that line again. I also like uh, that they were putting his blood back in. It sounds like he Homer <laughs> nearly died anyway. So yeah. if they were thinking like, well, Homer's about to die, why don't we just take this kid right there? I uh, like how he has a perfect potato shaped incision in yeah. his. Uh, I don't think they cut into like an entire like circle of flesh out of you to take a kid. Yeah. I think it's just an incision. <laughs> it's more like it's operation. All- <laughs> the game, the, yeah. the board game. Oh, sorry, Matt. It's also it's a little odd to have earlier in the episode the idiots at the bar giving Homer 
Homer bad information, including that they they will steal your organs. And then that's what happens. Yeah, I don't know if that's a bad wow. thing, but it is interesting. Lenny is correct. Lenny was right. <laughs> yeah, he's right. As always, we should have listened to Lenny. He is an organ donor sucker now. <laughs> and yeah. and that Marge's line completely sells out the plot. But that's only if you forget. Like the way she says that, it's like Marge. Do you not remember that Homer did this, and that's why he owes a kidney? Instead, she has to have this real kind of like gotcha of just like. Yeah, you did the very stupid thing of shortening your life to what? Give Abe nine more months of living? <laughs> He's a very old man. Why would you bother doing that? I don't think she's being snarky. I think she thinks it's nice and sincere. Yeah. I think she's like, oh, this nice thing you did, but she doesn't understand the darkness of what she said. <laughs> I mean, it is quite a sacrifice Homer made yeah. in that way, for sure. But it's not a sacrifice when you realize it's just him doing the least he can do to make amends for what he did to his father, which was kill him Mm -hmm. like that. I don't, I don't want to sugarcoat it. Homer kills Abe in this episode or the very least like attempted murder through, through negligence form of abuse. We all know. Yeah. Hey, hey, that's a form of abuse. (laughs) Yeah. So yes, this is a ridiculous episode with Homer being as mean as he's ever been. And uh, just like the most despicable too. But damn if there aren't a few really funny lines in this show. And yeah. all the the cowboy stuff's great. The Ship of Lost Souls is great. And there's so many just like funny lines in it. So I can't fully reject this as a bad Simpsons episode. I just wish, wish they didn't make Homer so awful. Yeah, I was uh, not looking forward to this one because it has a really bad reputation. But I liked it a lot uh, more than I remember, especially Mm -hmm. the Lost Soul stuff. And there are a lot of really funny jokes in this, too. So Mm -hmm. uh, I I did enjoy it, but you have to overlook uh, the sheer cruelty of Homer. But then everyone comes out bad in this episode. Real bad, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, it's I don't think it's a great episode, but I do think there's some funny stuff in it. But it does, it sticks with me for how terrible everyone is. And I... I think it's a damaging episode to Homer's reputation, mm. uh, but I am, I always been kind of a fan of grandpa. I mean, I don't, I don't hate the elderly as much as the writers of the <laughs> Simpsons do. So I, uh, I tend to disagree with their treatment of old people on the show, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's totally, it's a, a mid tier episode for me in terms of uh, the later episodes of the Simpsons. You know, it's not the worst it'll get. It's, it's not the best it'll get, but Homer's cruelty in this episode really, it does push it down for me and uh and i'm not i wouldn't consider myself a fan of this episode although like i said earlier i do think about it a lot because it really (laughs) scarred me as a child i think it gave us all urine anxiety that's for sure so in in that way it's left a uh, lasting impact on on simpsons (laughs) viewers awesome so thanks for being part of the show matt uh please plug all of your stuff i know you have two patreons and uh lots of podcasts going on uh yeah i got uh the show i mentioned earlier the deep end i do with steve yurko about uh every adult swim show ever it's a very weird show that we do some of the episodes we've had recently include uh we did the venture brothers season one with voice actor brock baker uh we just had brad evans on to do eagle hearts uh nathan barnett came on to talk about his pilot youth large james trevor who worked works with wham city comedy he came on to talk about this house's people in it bunch of cool guests like that how lublin voice actor on the venture brothers and host of a bunch of great podcasts talk about futurama with us so check that out at the deep end uh on patreon.com slash the deep end we do a weekly show about the venture brothers every episode and a monthly show about other adult animated series that didn't air in adult swim like uh undergrads which mm. we thought was terrible uh <laughs> uh mt TV's Downtown, which is related to Megas XLR, which you guys and I did a podcast about. That's right. Uh, 
yeah, this month's upcoming episode for September will be uh, the uh, UPN's classic show, Dilbert. Oh, you're doing the Dilbo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep, we're doing the whole thing. We're doing all, I have to watch all 30, 30. whatever episodes. I, I, yeah. I've said this before, but I've heard it's actually a good show. It's very interesting. Yeah. Because it's like, going back to it, I was worried because of... Uh, Scott what, Adams. Uh, well, yeah, what Scott Adams has become. And I don't know how involved he is with the show. He's got writing credit on a bunch of the episodes, not all of them, and he's credited as a co-creator. But uh, the show is very anti-corporate. It's very anti-business uh, uh, environment. It's very pro. There's a whole episode about evolution that I got very scared about when oh. it started. And it, it's the joke is that Dilbert... Is like no evolution is clearly real, and Dogbird's trying to gaslight him into thinking it's not real. Like, it's jokes like that. It's about how uh, capitalism has destroyed the world, and uh, and the people that have to work in it. You know, it's it's got interesting things to say. Well, Scott Adams uh, was a different guy twenty three years ago as well. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I've looked into that too because I read a bunch of Dilbert comics as a kid, and when when he started getting really terrible, I was like, I don't remember this being in the actual comics, and it seems to be like he did get a little radicalized. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of used yeah. to have better thoughts, you know, but 9-11 uh, did a lot to a lot of people as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode over there. And I do uh cartoons one oh one at patreon.com says cartoons one oh one where I interview animation creators like uh Bill Oakley and Evan Dorkin and Brian Newton, uh who directed pretty much all the most classic episodes of Rick and Morty. And I'm also doing currently a series on adult animated films. So we did, uh, you know, Heavy Metal and A Scanner Darkly, uh, a weird Belgian film called Tarzoon, Shame of the Jungle, which oh, the American God. dub Ugh. features uh, Bill Murray and John Belushi uh, and guys like that. Very interesting. And this this week's episode is Down and Dirty Duck from 1974. It's very interesting. It's, it's become known as a Fritz the Cat ripoff. But it's very much not that. Roger Corman made it into that in the marketing. And, ah. uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. So check that out over at patreon.com slash cartoons101. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Matt, for coming on. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Anytime. I love coming to do this show. So thanks again to Matthew J for being on the show. Please check out his great stuff. But as for us, if you want to support our show and get all of these episodes one week ahead of time and ad free, please go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And if you sign up at the $5 level, you will get just that and also access to the dozens upon dozens of podcasts behind the Patreon paywall. That includes Things like our exclusive miniseries, the most recent of which was Talking of the Hill, and we'll have a new one in fall for subscribers. We also have so many podcasts behind that paywall, too many to listen to, but if you sign up today, you get access to two-plus years of paywall content. But Henry... What is happening for people who want to give us 10 bucks a month, even extra longer podcasts once a month? Yes, the folks at the premium level of $10 a month, they get the monthly What a Cartoon Movie podcast. We've done 10 of them so far, and the most recent one is Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling, where we talk about the reboot of the classic Nicktoon. Me and Bob talk for over three hours sometimes as much as four hours on these going into extreme detail and tons of research about these animated feature films if you sign up now you get the whole back catalog plus you'll get to hear september's which is going to be a ton of fun as well whether you're at the five dollar level and go up to ten or just sign up at ten bucks you really get your money's worth there at patreon.com slash talking simpsons 
So I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. Find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast every Monday and occasionally on Friday. Go to Retronauts.com or just look for Retronauts in whatever you use to listen to podcasts. I'm sure you'll like it if you've ever played a video game. How about you, Henry? You can follow me, Henry Gilbert, on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. When you follow me there, anytime there's new stuff that comes out on the Patreon or on the free feeds, or announcements about live shows that we're doing, you'll hear about them from me when I tweet them out. So please follow me there, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. We'll see you next week for our PAX West 2019 special, and the week after that, Mayored to the Mob. Check engine. Uh oh, tape must have fallen off.